Test, test. Thank you all for coming down to the Dub Talk Club tonight to see Fuka on their very first North American tour. Yeah, they're excited to be here and we're excited to have them. But before they start, just a couple of house rules to go over. First off, the Dub Talk podcast contains language that may not be suitable for younger audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Also, there is always a possibility of spoilers for any and all anime series, so be alert if there's a series you haven't finished yet. And finally, be sure to come back next month, where we'll be hosting bands such as Tanya, interviews with Monster Girls, and Miss Kobayashi's Dragon Maid, all on their very first North American tour. But enough about house rules. Let's give it up for Fuka. Dub Talk, the podcast where a group of nerds decide to start a band and maybe talk about English anime dubs along the way. I'm Stephanie, and tonight I'm leading the band to start them with our bass, with our brass player Noah. Excuse me. I would just like to say it is a criminally underrated art of the cornets and the euphoniums in rock bands these days. Bring back the glory days of the ska band. Our keyboardist Jamal, aka Jamstar. Yeah, rock on. <laughs> Are you channeling your inner uh, Steven Tyler now? Oh, God, no. <laughs> or, or, is that, no, or, no. is that Gene Simmons? or is that Gene Simmons I'm hearing Gene Simmons, you? most likely. Okay, okay. And I'm on, on the guitar. Woo, hello, Cleveland. Woo. Where's the We're stage? We're nowhere near Cleveland. Where's the stage? <laughs> um, oh. Okay. Ohio sucks. <laughs> God Don't tell Drew Carey. <laughs> oh, Lord. If you couldn't already tell, the four of us are here to tackle one of Funimation's winter simuldubs, the love story that is ready to rock and roll Fuka. Uh, if you are not familiar with this series, I have a tiny quick synopsis. Uh, Yu Haruna is the new boy in town and finds himself drawn to Fuka. He discovers that they both have love a love for the same band, and Yu, who isn't too bad on bass, compliments Fuka's raw singing voice. They decide to form a band together. Yu wants to confess his growing feelings for Fuka, but his childhood friend and idol Koyuki still harbors feelings for Yu. And fun fact that I didn't even know until later on, this is technically the sequel show to an old show called Suzuka. Yep. Oh my god, it is! That's why I looked familiar. God! Yeah. Yup! For some ten yep. years after. Ten years Jesus after she wrote Suzuka. Yup, I didn't even know this, and which also means I have to watch Suzuka because I have I did not I never watched Suzuka. Me and neither. Now I'm gonna have to. <laughs> now, now I'm gonna have to. Though Fuka can stand on its own. Yes, honestly. but yeah. Now I don't know about you guys, but Suzuka to me has always been that one show on the Save label that's always on sale during every Right Stuff sale. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It yeah, it's, it's a it's a track show though. Uh, is that it's mostly a sports melodrama. This is true. Yep. All right. As always, we're going to be going through the ever-updating casting list provided by Funimation, uh, with our own predictions, opinions on the casting, and impressions on the first five episodes of the English dub because that is the amount that has been released at the time of this recording. I, I thought you we just stopped at five because there's five members of the band. Eh? Boo. <laughs> and we're off to a rockin' start. Ayo! Um, <laughs> you got a rock! Who is, re- 
ready to climb high and rock on. <laughs> Cause the opening theme is called Climbers High. Let's start with the ADR director, the assistant ADR director, and the script writer. Uh, who here has predictions? I actually, I had one for each and two for script writer. Ah. Hey. And what were they? I'm gonna throw someone under the bus. I'm on. I don't first. have any. I will. I will. <laughs> I will oh, one day. I will one day. Shit! Wrong bus. <laughs> wrong bus. Uh, Jamal, go first. Actually, why don't you go first? Wrong bus. Me. <laughs> it's like Survivor. I suppose. I vote for this person first. I suppose I'll go. I suppose I'll go first. Um, I'll actually start with my director pick, because this is a musical show, so I wanted to see a director who has worked on a similar kind of show come into here, because I feel like that would be the perfect fit. So director-wise, I picked Caitlin Glass for this reason. Um, writers I had two. Uh, one is actually Rachel Robinson. Because going to Show by Rock again, she was one of the writers who works on Show by Rock. So I figured that'd be a good choice here. Uh, working with similar material, except minus, minus uh, people dressed in weird animal costumes. They're not and, dressed in animal costumes, uh, if I may. They are animals. They are, they are animals. <laughs> They are like the spiked animals. Where, where is Hardy? Where is Hardy when I need him right now? Will that be? <laughs> you know, I'll piggyback off that if I will, because um, I think that we're probably going to hear a lot of show by rock comparisons with this dub. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. In the same camp uh, for my own director, I also picked Caitlin Glass. Not just because she worked on uh, Show by Rock, which is also a musical show, but because, for the heck of it, I went back and looked at who the ADR director was for Suzuka, and guess who it was? Oh, yeah, that's right, Caitlin. Yeah. I, I guess we had similar thought processes because I also had Caitlin Glass. Uh, going along that same vein, I had. Tia Ballard for assistant because the two work okay. very well together. But I also had Tia as a script writer alongside Monica Rial because they can take a script and they can make it work given whatever context of the show it is. Quick question. Wasn't Tia one of the writers for Love Life Sunshine? Or was yes, that yes, no, no. Tia was one of the writers for Love Life Sunshine. Alexis okay. was the assistant okay. director. Alexis was the assistant. Okay. I was, I was like, I can't remember if it was one or the other. And again, though I haven't seen Love oh, I have. but I did see the um, episode that we did. I, um, I will die before okay. I watch anything Love Life. May you rest in peace. Just to bring up I will rest in peace. <laughs> My other writer pick, um, just to bring him up, I actually put Clint Bickham here as well. Um, I feel like some of his, some of his more dramatic scripts tend to be rather well written um in particular if i remember correctly he's the scriptwriter for beyond the boundary and i did enjoy that really well um as well as a few others that he's done uh lo and behold what we ended up getting for our wonderful staffing crew so the scriptwriter, i'm gonna start there uh is actually jessica cavanaugh uh, our assistant adr director is miss natalie hoover and our adr director Lo and behold, is the ever so wonderful Miss Caitlin Glass. All the four of us got it blue. right. 
Water is wet, the sky is blue. Hello, Caitlin Glass, how are you? (laughs) (laughs) Jamal's a poet and he didn't even know it. All right. In terms of a few other credits that these three individuals have done, uh, Caitlin, as mentioned, basically we can cover her three credits that we brought up right away. Uh, Three big ones that are relevant to this show. Uh, show by Rock, of course, Love, Life, Sunshine, and Suzuka, which, if I recall correctly, hearing Suzuka was actually her first ADR directing position. It was yep. a long time ago. If, this is like yeah. a homecoming yep. for her, if you think that. about it. Yeah. I have, I have so, to imagine she, like, like beat the, the door down to Gen's office and said, Gen, Gen, whoever you were going to put on for directing this, this, this show, right, th- this one right here, fire them. I'm taking over. Yeah, that's how much passion she has, like, could like give her like the ugliest dog in the world she'd tell you it's the most beautiful dog she's ever seen <laughs> oh absolutely did you see that absolutely she is just so passionate about every project that she does and because here's the thing with the suzuka thing again not only did i not know this was a basic this fuga was a sequel to suzuka i didn't know suzuka was caitlin's first directing gig so after i saw that and i knew that information afterwards i'm like okay this makes sense. As for Natalie Hoover, this is actually her very first assistant ADR directing position. And as for Jessica Cavanaugh, she hasn't done a lot of scripts. Yeah. Um, but the three big ones that I found are all for episodes that we were planning <laughs> in the future. Yeah, that, that, oh. that screwed me up. It was like, when you... So this is gonna... So, just to uh, just to get an idea, because this is about to make things very awkward, uh, Jessica Cavanaugh is the scriptwriter for Alder, Alder, Alderaman, Alderaman on the Sky. She is the scriptwriter for Rumpelkiton Game of Laplace, and just recently announced, she is one of three scriptwriters for Ghostsick. I just found that out this. I found out that last one this morning. Thank you, Jamal. You're welcome. <laughs> Woke up, turn on my phone, and all of a sudden, oh, hey, there's a tweet here. Um, so in terms of the directing and the script writing, as of right now, how do we feel about Fuga for the script and directing? Well, being Caitlin Glass, it's Caitlin Glass, and you can't really go along with her. Although I do tend to notice she seems to be bringing on a lot of new assistant directors lately. I mean, absolutely, because she's had Tia, she's had Alexis, she now has Natalie. I'm just. She's had quite yeah, a few. I'm just wondering, like, if she'll bring Rico on, because I remember when uh, they were talking about the show by Rock Home release. Apparently, mm-hmm. she and him worked on some of the songs together. Um, oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Interesting. So that'll be interesting if Rico ends up being an assistant under her. And I oh, mean. As of right now, <laughs> the previous assistants that Caitlin has had, as far as I'm aware of, they've gone and done some pretty stellar work on their own. Um, Tia, in particular, with Kiss Him Not Me from last season, and Alexis is actually making her directorial debut this season um, with... What's the show? Masamune Kun's Revenge. Thank you. Masamune Kun's Revenge. And Tia's on um, Chain Chronicle, yeah. I think, right? Yeah, so the two of them, they're doing rather well. So it'll be, so Kate, I definitely think Caitlyn, in terms of Natalie and how she's gonna do with Caitlyn, Natalie's gonna learn probably a lot from Caitlyn, because I mean Caitlyn has learned a lot from direct, indirectly I guess you could say from Mike McFarland, because the two of them did work on 
FMA Brotherhood together. They've done other projects like um, Orin High School Host Club with Mike as the and, writer and Caitlin directing. And she replaced him on so, Noagami season two. Exactly. So with what we've seen, or at least I've seen, with Tia and Kiss Him Not Me from last season, um, I haven't seen any of the work that Tia and Alexis are doing directing-wise this season yet. Um, Natalie's going to learn a lot. And I'm, for Natalie's sake, I'm very excited to see what her directing style, style will turn into later on. And when she finally tar- starts tackling dubs for herself. Um, and with Fuka so far in general, I'd say the directing and writing is solid. There are a few things here and there on the writing side that I'm a little bit iffy about. Um, mostly just some of the wording hmm. and structure things. Then again, I, this is my first time seeing a Jessica, Jessica Cavanaugh script. Because again, basically the three other shows she's written for, I haven't watched yet. <laughs> I've watched one of them. So. I can't really judge because there's like a multitude of writers on that show. <laughs> oh yeah, Rompo Keaton, yep. right? I gotta watch Rafa Keaton because they're doing an episode on that one. Oh, wait till you see the um, lead for that one. <laughs> oh, I know. I know. And also, Trickster is a thing that exists. Jamal knows exactly what I mean when I say that. Uh... <laughs> anyway. Um, but what do you guys think of the directing and writing? I know I've been rambling for like five minutes. No, that's okay. I'm getting a history lesson here. I feel like my brain just filled up with titles and directors. I was like, oh, I, I, now I feel smarter. Uh. <laughs> Huzzah! Okay, I'll throw Amon under the bus again. Amon, what did you think about the writing and the directing? Toss him! He's gonna be thrown under the tour bus the several tour- times. <laughs> I can already feel it. Well, he did say he wanted to be a roadie. Is this going... This is gonna be like Spinal Tap, where their drummers just die periodically, and they have to, you're gonna have to pull out new Amons as you throw more of me under the bus. Oh yeah, just a rotating, all... endless cast of Amons replacing we... previous ones. That have been we, we've already over. put like a big. They tried to kill him with a body bus. <laughs> Anyways. 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 Uh, no, I'm, in, I'm enjoying it. I I, I didn't have. I mean, part of it's just I didn't know much about this show before I started watching it, so I didn't have, like, particularly high expectations just because, like, all right, it's a show. Um, but I'm enjoying it a lot, and I think the <laughs> dub's part of that. I think it's, certainly I think it's very well directed. Um, I It has, given that it's just kind of a teen melodrama, I feel like they're aiming for a little more, like, I want to say nuance, but there's, like, a little more, like, subtlety and effort than I think I was expecting out of it. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I, mean, appreciate, I appreciate that. I feel like this is something where they could have put in something that was, like, perfectly acceptable, maybe not exceptional. And I feel like they are, and, like, probably certainly, like, Kate Glass is obviously, like, a dedicated professional. And I don't think she could, I get the feeling yeah. she probably couldn't half-ass something if she had to. Um. Caitlin has, again, Caitlin yeah. again has so much exactly. passion for every show that she does. So there's no way she's going to let this one slack Oh, up. definitely. Um, Not a shot in hell. Oh, definitely. Uh, so, you know, I've been enjoying the direction. I think I've been enjoying the writing. I think the closest thing I have to a complaint is there's a few bits in there of, like, we want to make the teenagers sound like teenagers, but we're all in, like, our like mid or late 20s at the youngest, so maybe we don't know how to sound like teenagers all that well, but it yeah. never got, dis- it never got well, distracting that- for yeah. me. It was just kind of there. Well, is that more of the, the acting or the, the words that are in the script? I mean, usually I put it. I usually I put it put it on the words, just because like trying to trying to write teenage slang, 
let's be honest, a lot of teenage slang sounds real dumb to begin with, so it's not like, even if you do use it accurately, <laughs> yeah. it still sounds dumb. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I was a teenager, I remember how I talked, it was a bad time. Glad I'm not there anymore. <laughs> yeah, it's not the best, best memory to have. Uh, right but there. like I said, that was, that, that never got like distracting, it was just sort of a, a feature that would pop up once in a while. You know, I, I other than that, like I think it's pretty well done too, and I think uh, if nothing else, it gives a good uh, basis for the directing and acting to come off of. So you know, thumbs up all around. If I could, uh... who are we throwing under the bus now? No, we're going to run you under the bus. Next. I love being thrown <laughs> under the tour bus. <laughs> what do you think? Sir? Um, I, I like the fact, uh, Mon. I agree with you that this is definitely um, a more nuanced show, and I think the reason is. Um, before I knew that this was a sequel to Suzuka, I'd watched the first two episodes, and I'd already gotten some Suzuka vibes off of the show, just mm. because there's a mention of uh, one of the characters trying to recruit another into the track team, and because mm. the only show I know of that features a track <laughs> team is Suzuka. So, so hold on. Just for clarification's sake, between the four of us, Noah, I think you're the only one who's actually seen Suzuka before, correct? I well, see, I haven't I... seen... All of the, I'm sorry, I haven't seen all of it, but I've seen enough of it to know the the basic why it is what it is. If, Plus, I know I haven't seen. If it. Okay. Says, I think I read like a volume of the manga like ten years okay. ago because my library had it or something like that. Okay, so Amon has a slight very slight. I remember, I remember it's about track and <laughs> uh, ladies' underwear. I remember it. that showed up occasionally. That's all yeah. I really remember about it. Oh, my God. And, J and Jamal, you haven't seen or read any. I meant to watch right? Tuzuka before I started watching this, but I never got the chance to. Okay. Oh, cool. So Noah's probably at least mildly the most familiar with Suzuka. Probably. With the, with the, the previous material. Oh, I, so I get to be an expert about something that I only know partially about? Man, it's like being in college all over again. Right? Oh, my God. <laughs> It's like, oh yeah, professor, I totally know this subject that I read two pages on. Let me lead a class discussion about it. But, but, but you see, in this passage, Kierkegaard is talking about uh, this aspect of his philosophy. <laughs> <laughs> More on the point of this show, however. Okay. Anyway. Now, the thing that I got most out when watching this wasn't just the, the feel that it was like Suzuka. It felt like a throwback to the kind of melodramatic teen anime that got popular during the mid-2000s. Like, mostly because um, nowadays our teen dramas are mostly focused on more moe traits and there's a lot less... Uh, things are more complicated, I should say. Uh, but a show like this feels very simple. Um, it has a small conflict and it makes that conflict work. It stretch it out to as far as it can go without being too unbelievable. And I appreciate that because in a time where we're seeing stuff like handshakers or anything else that's like- Oh, <laughs> God damn it, not handshakers. We're running out, basically, we're running out of new ways to make shows again. I appreciate something that's more of a callback to a, kind of a bygone era that uh, maybe like the more modern viewers aren't familiar with anymore. Like they haven't seen stuff like- I. Uh, I'm trying to think of like some examples. Suzuka or uh, Peach Girl or Rumbling Hearts. Fuck Peach Girl, yeah, man. Like, yeah, I agree. That... I need I need, I need to rewatch Peach Girl. I watched it when I was in college and I kind of liked it. I feel like I, it would be fun to rewatch it again. But yeah, it, yeah. now that you say that, you, yeah, I can actually see that and it makes a lot of sense. Because a lot of it is all the moe moe, tsundere, typical high school <laughs> shit that you see. But... Yeah, Fuka's a really good callback to some of the older shows that tackled kids in high school. It is, and it, yeah. So I, 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 I definitely see that. 
and the way and to go back to the script writing and the writing on this it's also simple but effective stuff and if i can just point out one good yeah. thing to the writing because everyone seems to have problems with the writing i especially like the way that jessica wrote in the translation for the kanji for the two lead characters name there's one part where fuka turns to the lead character you and says um in the japanese she says your middle name is the kanji for nice isn't it that wouldn't translate into the English, so in the English, Jessica changed that to Nice must be your middle name. It sounds very natural, yeah. and it makes mm -hmm. sense to someone who has no idea how kanji works. There are, yeah, I forgot about that. The, yeah, there, yeah. Then again, I watched the simulcast like a month or so ago. <laughs> but yeah, subtle changes like that are nice. Are, yeah. So yeah, ups to Caitlin for doing this. It sounds nice. It doesn't sound so overdramatic. It is just the right level. It is like... Baby Bear's Porridge. Just right. Jamal, we're throwing you under the tour bus. What do you think? Uh, it's pretty much solid for the most part. I do have an issue with uh, one character in particular, but <clears throat> that's more of the voice. Stop. So. I'm about to say, stop dying. <laughs> don't get him stop out of the bus, dying. please. We don't have a spare one. <laughs> I kept... My, I kept telling my coworker this past week at work because there's again there's just two of us in the office I work at right now and he's been sick with the flu, but he hasn't been able to call out because there's not a, there's nobody who can come in to help. So like ever like every time like the end of this past week I'm like stop. And he's like I think I might be dying. I'm like stop dying. You are not dying. No, I can't run this office all by myself. For an entire freaking day. Stop dying. Tell him you're not the I Venture Brothers. I do it for a few hours, but not right now. <laughs> God damn it. Alright. So, general consensus is a very solid on directing and the writing front. Though maybe just a small little things on the writing end we might have issues with. Um, but otherwise, obviously a very solid effort. So, I think we're ready to move mm. on. Yes. Correct? Alright. So, how we're going to do this. We have... Three groups of three characters each, followed by one, two, three, four, five. The six major characters, the six teenagers that we run into for the show. Uh, the first group, the first group we have. Um, originally, I didn't think we were going to be talking. <laughs> you thought wrong. I thought wrong. So the three characters we have, we have Tomomi, who is a teacher at the kids' school. Yahagi, who is a friend of Tomomi's. Um, who runs this basically summer beach like restaurant shack um, and where Fuka, you, and um, Mikasa work for the summer break. And then this is the reason why basically we have to talk about these characters. Uh, Hisashi. So Hisashi appears in episode four, I believe. And what we find out is that these three characters are part of the band Hedgehogs. Uh, which is the fate is one of the favorite bands for uh, some of our characters. Like, like here. the one uh, that got them into music. Mm. Yep. So the band and this band, the Hedgehog has been on hiatus for several, for a long time. Um, but we learn about these three, and these three are basically going to help our major characters create this band. Um, so originally, because I didn't think these characters were important, I have no predictions. Ah, that was your first mistake. <laughs> That was my but, first But it was mistake. an understandable. I only one. watched I only watched up as I only watched up to episode three in the that, That's understandable. 
Yeah. Did anybody have predictions for these characters? Uh, I had one, and that was purely because when I watched the episode he was in, a name just popped in my head and I decided to wrote it down for funsies, which is I thought that um, Yahagi might be played by Ian Sinclair. Purely just in the base, I looked at him and it's like, you look like a character Ian Sinclair would play. You're like scruffy and bearded and you look like you probably talk like a surfer. Ian Sinclair would play you. Okay. <laughs> Stereotyping much, are oh, we? I, oh, I <laughs> Let me stereotype right off of that, please. Uh, Jamal, did you have any predictions? I had three for Tomomi and two for Yahagi. I had nothing for Isashi. Because uh, Isashi kind of probably came in late, right? Yeah, because I l did my predictions up to episode four, I think. So what do you have for these characters? Uh, for Tomomi, I figured since Caitlyn was directing, she pulled a show by Rock here, and I had her, Brina, and Alexis... Because I figured either one of them yeah. could lend their voices very well. Actually, I don't even remember if I heard Brina in the show by Rock. No, I didn't. No, I don't think Brina's But knowing Brina's voice, her, her voice would definitely lend well here. As for Alexis, Caitlin, I figured, you know, she's directed. She's going to be in here somewhere. <laughs> Surprisingly, we haven't seen her yet, though. I just realized this. Yeah. Yeah. And then you said you have some for Yahagi? Yeah. <laughs> For Yahagi, I had Brandon McInnes. I figured, Ooh, I figured, I figured the given the character design, like a more youthful voice would kind of fit. But on the other end of the spectrum, maybe a more gruff voice here. I put Marcus Stemmy. Mm. So you went on two different ends. Okay, interesting. <laughs> Noah, did you say you had anything? I did, and I also stereotyped myself uh, when we got to uh, Yahagi uh, in episode three. Now, because this is a show about music, um, but the music doesn't quite. Uh, it's not quite as rough as uh, one of Funimation's other music-based shows, that being Beck Mongolian Chop Squad. However, I knew I had to try to fit one of the Beck alumni in here somewhere, and because of uh, Yahagi's sort of um, uh, gruffer, surfer demeanor, I wanted to slot good old Chiba and put Justin Cook in that spot. Mmm... Interesting choice. I, it, I know he hasn't done uh, like as much voice acting as some of the other guys here, but when he does, I appreciate him getting out of the producer's chair and behind the microphone. Oh, he's he's been popping in quite a bit. More, more recently, you're right. Like I remember when he showed up in a lot. He recently. was also um the was it the king um the shadow king guy. I can't. Um, he, he's strawberry. He's berry. He's strawberry heart. heart. That's it in uh, yep. Show by Rock. Grateful King, I think, is what you were thinking of. Grateful Thank King, you. that's the name Thank you're you. looking for, yes. Grateful King Barry Hart on his birth certificate. So the, uh, well, I want yeah. him to pull kind of a similar voice. Not as extreme, but uh, like more the mellower voice that we see of him in season two. Okay. And, okay. and then, and then to toss in one more, when we got to um, uh, Tomomi... Um, because I, 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 I had a name come to mind all right. If this name hadn't jumped to mind when she showed up, I probably wouldn't have predicted anything. But because she was kind of a maternal character as the the teacher, advisor in the school, who do we all know who is our mom-chan in our group? You. Hi, Felicia! Ah, you, you picked Felicia, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, oh, I put her boy. down. Oh, God, uh, yes. Uh, oh, love so, it. Were we um, right? Well, um, let's see here. So Tomomi, gonna start with our wonderful teacher and keyboardist. She is being voiced by Tia Ballard. No. <clears throat> uh, Yahagi, uh, our wonderful drummer from the Hedgehog. 
Hed hedgehogs. <laughs> typecasting is typecasting because it's Ian Sinclair. Uh, and he's Sashi, who is... He's the guitarist. He's the guitarist, because Nico from Hedgehogs is the bassist. Yeah. There it is. Um, Hisashi, the guitar player, is played by Mr. Seth McGill. Uh, so, to give a few little credits uh, in addition to these three. Tia Ballard, you've heard her uh, in roles from Defrag, The Disastrous Life of Psyche K, uh, as well as Orange and a variety of others. Ian Sinclair, you probably heard him in Show by Rock, uh, Free Eternal Summer, and Noragami, among many others. And as for Seth McGill, he's actually been coming up a lot more um, in terms of major roles. Um, so you've heard him in Shonen Maid, Dance with Devils, as well as Prince of Stride, which two out of the three are also Caitlyn-directed dubs. I need to watch Shonen Maid. Shonen Maid is actually really good. I know, good. that's what I heard um, from last year, and I'm yeah. like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> so in terms of these three performances how do we feel tia ballard is a sweetheart yes yeah like, that the oh, part you mean in, in the dub because she's a sweetheart in real life she, she in all forms she is a sweetheart especially in episode four where yeah it's episode four where the cast doesn't recognize that she's a member of the band that they're all a big fan of, which I know that this that was this is the part that bugged them on. I know it's the part that they don't recognize. It, the it, cast. It, did not, it did not bug me. I just found look, look. I I, I can I know bands of like twenty five members and I can identify all of them. I know that just makes me a huge nerd, and other people have yes, regular lives where they don't obsess over this kind of stuff. Yep. <laughs> At least you're not a workaholic like I am. I suppose. <laughs> I was going to say, on the uh, the element of Tia being a sweetheart, that part where they don't recognize her and she has, like, the most adorable little, like, what kind of expression. Mm -hmm. like, you don't recognize me? That was it was. And and the other two the other two were good, too. Uh, Ian's brought in a, a nice uh, older brother mentality, especially when he's, t he's telling you to be louder when he's taking the orders. And if anyone's ever worked... Yeah either retail or food service before they know how intimidating that can be the first time i'm sure at least one i'm sure oh, at least yeah. one of us here is well familiar with that on both ends oh, of the yeah. spectrum if you can believe yeah. it uh, wow yeah on both ends too yeah and seth was just uh, he was just kind of uh there i didn't get as much of a feel for his part in the cast because uh it wasn't as extreme as the other it's like the nice guy we need at least one nice guy in the group and seth fills that slot very well I don't, at the same time, I don't think Hisashi has had as much screen time as Tomi and Yahagi. Mm -hmm. So we haven't quite heard a lot from Seth as of right now either. Because he's really only popped in in episode, episode four and a little bit in, in the beginning of episode five when we're introduced to um, Sara. I mean, Ian Sinclair is Ian Sinclair. Yeah, I hope so. I have no gripes here. Yeah, I have no gripes with his performance. It's a natural Ian Sinclair role. Um,. Tia and Seth, though. Tia, I, I, I've been. Ugh. Here's my thing with oh, Tia. No. The way I was introduced oh, to Tia was Shiki as Megumi. Oh no! <laughs> Could not stand the living hell out of that performance. Oh, no. I was like, no, no. But then, over time, as I'm starting to hear more rules from Tia and more sh being in more shows like Comics on a Kiss. Uh, da 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 da. More, well, Tommy Summer is probably the bigger example of anything. But um, when I've started, I've started to hear more and more things. I've 
fallen more in love with her roles. Megami is still a shitty-ass one, I'm sorry <laughs> to say. It's just obnoxious to me, and I, it's like nails on a chalkboard. I'm sorry. But Tia is not being the complete sweetheart and the adult figure, because with Tia's normal vocal range, you can't really normally peg her as an adult figure. <laughs> Nine times out of ten, she's as like a... She would be a part of the high school cast, you know? So hearing Tia as the adult figure, I'm enjoying it so rather well right now. And Seth Miguel, I've been gunning for him to be in more things since Shonen Maid. Being in some larger roles, so I'm happy he's here. I don't think we've talked about him in several months. Um, and though Hisashi, I need more time. I need more, I need more Hisashi on screen to really really put a stamp of approval on there but now just i think to, they're solid i'm sorry now just to ask is his role or is his um uh is his acting in this show similar to what he was doing in shonen made or is it different no oh, okay different not even close oh not that's good close. then okay so we can at least deduct then that he can jump between shows and still be believable yep, yep. all right who wants to be thrown under the tour bus Me. now? <laughs> Jamal's getting thrown under the tour bus. Go, sir. How do you feel? Uh, Seth, Hisashi was there. It was good for what I've heard of it. Uh, Ian is Yahagi. I didn't really think it was a typecast, but I can see why. <laughs> and it's kind of funny how you brought up Tia, because I was introduced to her through Rosario plus Vampire. Ooh. And I heard that on the lower end of the spectrum, but... When you hear the way Tia talks in this show, it kind of reminded me more of Ares from Cat Planet Cuties. So, ooh. So when you said that she sounds more like she could be a high schooler, that kind of makes sense. Yeah, like the normal normal range you usually hear from Tia makes it sound like she could normally be typecast as a as high a schooler. Man. So I honest I honestly appreciate her being an adult in an adult role role for a change. Yeah. Even if she doesn't look that old, I think she was using Aerie's voice now that I think about it. Yeah, she's definitely like the young teacher that you had in school. Mm. Like the that cool art teacher who probably just graduated from college and needed to pay off their student loans. Or the teacher's assistant, so. Even that. True. I'm on! We're gonna throw you under the <laughs> oh, tour bus! Oh. Someone. <laughs> Here we go again! Where's our fifth or sixth? I'm on at this point! <laughs> oh no. Damn! <laughs> We're going through all of them right so now. So sad. Um, what was it? Um, Seth McGill, he sounds fine, although, again, like, I agree, like, Hisashi didn't quite show up enough to leave a strong impression, although, from what I've heard, he sounds perfectly fine. I've no reason to think that'll go downhill. Uh, Ian Sinclair was delightful. He did his Ian Sinclair thing. I was very happy. Uh, it was everything I wanted. Um, and despite my complaint about it earlier, I actually really enjoyed the bit where Tia gets angry that, um... No one recognizes Tomomi. I thought she played that very well. I thought that was delightful. So, you know, I was very happy with all these reviews. Okay, general consensus is these are solid, though um, at the in the case of Seth McGill, it would be great to see more of him on the screen to get more sure. of an idea. Uh, time to move on. So we have two sets of families we're actually going to be talking about. Uh, one is Fuka's family, uh, the Atsuki's. Uh, so we have Suzuka Atsuki, Yamato Atsuki, and Haruka Atsuki. So mom, dad, and baby brother. Uh, did anyone have predictions for these characters? I think she's a sister, isn't she? 
Haruka? I thought Haruka was. You know, I did two at first, and then I double checked the notes, and it says sister. Oh, okay, sister. My bad. <laughs> My so bad. androgynous in I anime. Mean, we don't know anymore. I mean, all things considered, the person who voices this character, which we'll get to in a minute. Yeah. <laughs> Anyone have predictions? Because I did not. I did not either. Did you? Yeah, have I oh, had Noah? none Anything? because you know it's a spinoff of Suzuka. If we're introducing the family, then it would not make any sense to make any predictions, you know. Oh, okay. okay. And we'll get to that in a second. Okay. Uh, no. Okay. Um, I had uh, three very serious predictions for these characters. My predictions for Mom was Julia Kavner. My prediction for the dad was Dan Castellaneta, and my prediction for the sister was Nancy Cartwright. You, you smartass. God damn it. As soon as you said Kevin, I was like, you so bitch. No, because the last, the right. last time that I predicted, I had joke predictions for characters uh, who were parent characters, which was during the Orange episode. One of oh, them God, died. No, oh, no, it, stop no. while you're hit. Exactly. So I said. So I am no longer making joke predictions for actors who like are like up there in years. I'm only I'm if they're tired oh, of the Simpsons, the if shut up, oh my if they're getting tired of the Simpsons, Funimation hire those guys over to do some vo anime voice acting. So, so just a funny little story for those who may not have seen or hear the Orange episode. So oh, Bernardo's parents, Noah predicted the mom to be Florentine <laughs> to find out what was it the next day or two. That, yeah. We recorded the episode on a Florence Sunday. Florence Henderson passed away. She, May she rest in yeah. peace. Um, so, I'm sorry. That was weird. that whole that was awkward. That, I got a mess. I got a PM from Gigi the next day. Like Noah, you killed you killed Carol Brady, and I'm like, I'm sorry. You're a monster, Noah. <laughs> You're a monster. I am. I am. So hope, hopefully anyway. we don't get any news about Nancy Cartwright in the upcoming weeks. Oh God, see. please no! I love you, anyway. Nancy. So the three people who voice these characters. I'm gonna start with Haruka, the baby sister, baby brother, maybe I don't know. Because <laughs> <laughs> I die. Um, so the reason why I said before, considering the voice actor, it's hard to tell. Um, it's Afia Yu, uh, who voices Haruka. Uh, as for our parents, so, we're gonna go back to Suzuka, because the people who, the individuals who voiced the parents for Fuka, they were the leads for Suzuka. So for the dad, Yamato, we have Todd Habercorn reprising the role here, and as for Suzuka, we have Miss Leah Clark reprising her, her role here. Uh, so, as for other credits, aside from Suzuka, Leah Clark, you've also heard in Assassination Classroom and Eden of the East. Todd Haberkorn, you've of course heard him in Bakano and Hollick. And as for Afia Yu, you have heard her in Shonen Maid, Ultimate Otaku Teacher, as well as Rage of Bahamut and a variety of others. Um, we only really got one scene with the family mm -hmm. here. Um, so based off of that scene, what do we think of the family here? They're good. Eh. I mean... If I didn't know this was a sequel again to Suzuka, I was fine. But I'm glad Caitlin brought back Leah and Todd to come in here just for that little yeah, nice touch. It was kind of inevitable. It's a nice but... little touch. It was inevitable, but it was a nice little touch. 
the, um, instead of having to possibly replace there, them. There are times, you yeah, you're right, there are times when um, a sequel or a spinoff of an older series can't get back the original voice actors. Like, I think, uh, didn't they have to recast Laura Bailey's role in uh, Soul Eater Not? No. No, no, no she did. I think, I think Laura yeah, Bailey yeah, came back came for it, yes. There's some other instance I'm thinking of, I'm sure, but yeah, I agree, Bobby it was nice. Dragon to... Ball. Right. Oh, actually, that is the big one going on right now, you're right. That is the big one, yeah, for Super. Because I think it's Alexis Tipton who replaced yeah, Laura Bailey, right? Yeah, she couldn't, she wasn't yeah. able to come back, so Alexis stepped in. Well, yep. speaking of Super, so, these, act, this, these five seconds of the Akitsuki fam, Akitsuki family. Ak Akitsuki. 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 Yeah. I, al I always yes. get that that you in the middle of Japanese names wrong. I apologize, but it, it's it's fine. It's names. it's there. It's it's, it's there. a glorified cameo. I, that basically sums up my thoughts right there. <laughs> Honestly, it's fun. It's a great callback to Suzuka, um, but yeah, it's fine. Yeah, the, they're only in there for one scene. These three. <laughs> so much to say. These three should keep voice acting. They do a good job. <laughs> do we think we do we think we can move on? Yeah. Are, yeah. are everyone's thoughts the same on this family? Yeah, yeah. No, they're good. Okay. So we're gonna move on to Yu Haruna's three sisters that he lives with currently. We have Maya Haruna, Hibiki Haruna, and Chitose Haruna. I did not no, I didn't have predictions for these three. <laughs> I did not. This this feels like another callback to another older series that there's um there's an old series that no one remembers anymore called Machikano, where the lead character also had three sisters, who I think two of them were older and one were younger as well, and they basically stood in there to serve as the obligatory fan service of the show. Yeah, actually, yeah. when you say these three, when you say fan service, well, for the first couple episodes, they, in episode eight, I think it is, they start to have more of a purpose, but. God, for those first couple episodes, it's like, I, I swear this woman, this manga was written by a woman, but you wouldn't know it to watch this show. Anyway, did anyone have predictions? I did, I did not. not. I did. Same here. Okay. Who should we throw into the tour bus Noah. first? <laughs> <laughs> there we go, Noah. Noah. Go. Screw that guy. Wait. Oh, <laughs> damn it. Screw that guy. <laughs> What do you have for your uh, predictions for the sisters? Uh, these are all going to be based on uh, similar roles that the actress I picked has done in the past. For um, Chiyotosu, uh, Chiyo the, the, the... Chitose. Thank you. Thank you, Sensei. Chitose. Uh, the younger one with the smiley face uh, t-shirt. I put... <laughs> the t-shirt that got turned into a no! bag! I... No! Uh, anyway. I had I watched Haganai a while ago, and so I thought um, the younger the girl who played Marie in that show, and that was Christy Kang. Okay. For Hibiki, I uh, also had actually no, this wasn't too long ago, but it was on my mind. It was because she's a busty character with glasses. I thought of Ayame in Bento, and that was our good buddy Morgan Garrett. And okay. then on. And for Ma Maya, and Maya, what do and you Maya, who is the uh, almost the I thought she was the mom character before. Uh, like I had to cross out my notes and say, nope, she's not a mom. She's big sister. Uh, because she's big sister, I thought of Angelica from Show by Rock, and that is everyone's favorite big voice girl, Rachel Robinson. Okay, interesting choices, Jamal. What do you have? Uh, I had two each, but I had three for Cheeto say, 
I kind I kind of okay. went age appropriate with mine, depending on the ranges I've heard. For Maya, because she's the older sister, I had both Tia and Bryn using their big girl voices. Okay. For the middle sister, Hibiki, I had a. I figured she'd show up somewhere. I had Caitlyn and I had Jeannie Torado. And for Chicho, say little pigtailed girl, I had Bryn, I had Jill Harris, and I had Alexis Tipton. Somehow I, I knew okay, you were going to put Bryn in that role. I just knew it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so the individuals voicing these characters, these sisters. So going back to our internet dub talk Miss <laughs> Felicia Andra. Hi, Felicia. Hi, Felicia. She voices Maya Harunov, the oldest sister. Uh, Alex Moore plays Hibiki, and Kristen McGuire is Chitosai. Uh, for a few other roles, you've heard these individuals. Felicia, you've heard her in Gangsta, Devil's a Part-Timer, and Seraph of the End. Alex Moore, you've heard in Maria the Virgin Witch, Sky Wizards Academy, and Keijo, though Sky Wizards <laughs> is probably not a good example. But I was trying to find something that was at least close to, like, what Hibiki sounds are, are like in Sky Wizards. No, that's appropriate for the show, because they're both made by the same production company, Diomedia. Fair. Fair. And as for Kristen McGuire, you've heard her in Akiba Strip, uh, Prison School, and Castletown Dandelion, as well as a few others. Though, for Kristen's sake, actually, she's been coming up a lot more as a scriptwriter lately, um, which is actually pretty cool there. So how do we feel about these three sisters? Two of them are perfect, those being uh, Kristen McGuire and Felicia Angeal. I wasn't really very... I didn't really like Alex Moore's portrayal very well. I have to disagree. I actually like Alex Moore. Because here's my thing. Alex Moore has also voiced Mitsuba from Seraph of the End. Again, this is a, that's that's a kind of role similar to freaking Megumi with Tia. I have a hard time dealing with that voice for Mitsuba. <laughs> and I prefer Alex Moore when she's able to use her natural voice and her big girl voice. So I really like her Hibiki. She's a bit of a troll along with her other two sisters, but I think Hibiki's the biggest troll of the three. Yeah, of them. she definitely is, and that's that's my problem with her. Is that I like Alex more too, as uh, like I especially liked her in Keijo, is the one that I remember her best from. In this one though, she sound. Uh, my notes on this are she sounds just a little too old. Um, we're not quite sure what the age is supposed to be, but it sounds like it's fluttering maybe a little too high, uh, too older than the character is supposed to be. But more importantly, she's not bubbly enough. Like, this kind of character isn't supposed to be a total airhead, but she is supposed to be a believable trolling person who's probably shit-posted on Twitter more than a few times, and I'm not quite getting that out of Alex's role. It sounds like she's trying a little too hard. I can kind of see what you're saying, but I still disagree with you a little bit because I like I like it so far. Well, that, yeah. Uh, I mean, Kristen, Kristen, I've been enjoying a lot more lately too, because um, I mean I can really talk about this now. Akiba Strip, um, where she is the, the girl who runs that uh, job agency yeah. <laughs> that Tomatsu goes to all the time. Uh, I I love that, and it's basically it's that. Almost that exact same rule coming in here. Almost, it's, it sounds it sounds very similar, and it actually works really well, and I enjoyed that. Uh, Felicia is basically the mom figure of the mm -hmm. three again. Um, you don't often really get to hear 
Felicia in adult, more adult roles. Um, I mean, Gangsta was probably one of the first times you really heard her stray away from that. that that's from too the, adult, like, the little though, girl if role. you think about it. That's very adult. <laughs> if you've seen the show and know which character Felicia voices, it's a little adult. Wait, wait, she's a, wait um, is she in episode one? Of, uh, of Gangsta? Gangsta? Yeah. Yes. Okay, because yes. I've only seen episode one of Gangsta, and I think I know which character. She's, she, she yeah, she's, she, spoilers, she's Alex Benedito. Yeah. <laughs> she's the uh, former prostitute. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so, yeah, a little bit adult. But, Although, um, speaking of adult, uh, these girls in this show, who walks around in their underwear like that? All three of them at the same time. And no, no, saying we're family is not an excuse. You see, you see, this but is no, not where this conflict, man. This, no. This, God see, damn this, it, this no. is just a sign that the person who wrote this is either an only child or only has brothers. Because speaking, <laughs> speaking of someone who has a sister who he frequently finds annoying, I found these all three very believable. My sister does not do that, and I suspect most don't. So, that, yeah, there you go. I yeah. think that's the fault of the producer, though, because I've noticed that in a lot of shows that were made you produced. <laughs> I mean, I also find that very plausible, so, you know. It's, yeah, I don't have any uh, any uh, images from the manga about whether or not that was something that was actually in the manga, or if it was a mandate from, uh, like, you know, to try to get more male readers, or if the Diomedia group just really wanted to see three half-naked girls. Mm. <laughs> Who knows? This, this show has some weird anatomy, too. Like you don't see nipples in a lot of scenes where you probably should. Well, we gotta make it good for TV. Fine. If men can go around without shirts, then women should be able to as well. Th this is just discrimination. And we're opening a big can of worms right here. <laughs> Free on. the breasts! Oh. Free the breasts! Oh, <laughs> no. Oh, no. We need to move on quickly. Okay. Does anyone else have thoughts on the sisters? Uh, yeah. I Oh, you go ahead, Amon. All right. Uh, I mean, I thought I thought they did a good job. I thought, um, let me see who was here. Uh, I thought, um, like I thought, I thought they did a good job. I thought Felice Angel was appropriately, like you know, sort of you know, older sister head in charge. I thought Kristen McGuire played a small child very well. I thought I actually, I agree. Like I thought Alex Moore was like very appropriately snotty for her character. Like I thought she did quite a good job. So I was very happy with them. Um, <laughs> And they did a good job, given that they are currently saddled with characters who mostly seem to be there to uh, hassle our lead and provide occasional fan service. So, good job, guys. Yes. Right. So, my Felicia uh, sounds... Yeah, she does sound motherly. Maybe a little too motherly for me. Uh, Alex as Hibiki. I mean, it, it, it sounded pretty good. It sounded all right for what I can remember. But Kristen is Chitose... I I gotten used to a range lately, and thought maybe it could go a little higher, but I enjoyed it for what it is. I think from what I can tell, Chitose is maybe in like middle school. Yeah. Mm. So is like the just the look of the character. Maybe that's how old that age range that Chitose is supposed to be in. Because you is in high school. Yeah. Well, well. So that's just the. Well, there's guess. an easy way to solve this. Lilac, did you have to wear a bra when you were in elementary school? No. Oh, uh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I'm well, just saying. We're going to get to learn some intimate things today. TMI. We're going to get to learn some intimate things today. Um, 
I swear I'm not a perv. To answer that question, to answer that question in the best way possible, probably the later years of elementary school. Okay. But you're American, so your differences. I don't know how that works, <laughs> how that equates to anything, but your point, Noah. My, my point is that uh, these characters uh, are, um, they're all three sound different to each other, and if I had to take a guess, yeah, I would assume that uh, she's probably in middle school. <laughs> Let's learn some intimate things about Steph tonight. I didn't have to start wearing a bra till high school. Bras! So I'm just, I went... Bras! <laughs> no. Um, so, Jesus, <laughs> sweet lord. Oh, let's throw Noah in the, under the tour no. bus one more time for that. No! <laughs> and um, so I think the consensus here, it's kind of back and forth depending on which role we're looking at. Um, though, from I, what I can gather, at least two out of the three sisters we all like. The third one, that being Hibiki, is a bit iffy, uh, who, depending on the person you talk to. I think it, among, among it's us. going to come down to probably uh, episode eight, um, which, slight spoiler, uh, she gets to be a lot more of a, a mama bear in that episode, and that's, pro that's okay, probably cool. where uh, she's going to get to show off something more than just being a troll monster. Okay, good. I'm, 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 I'm excited to hear that, because... Um, I have only watched up to episode five. Oh, oh things happen it's... past episode six. Oh, I know, I know. Um, so, are we ready to move on? Yes. 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 Right. Okay, so let's move on now to our main six characters. Uh, we're going to be talking about, first of all, our resident track star, <laughs> Senpai, and drummer, Mr. Kazuya Hinashi. Uh, yeah, just to basically to get give some kind of context. From the beginning, he's trying to recruit Fuka to the track team. She refuses all the damn time. To the point where he's so dedicated to trying to recruit this girl. He has Tomomi, the teacher, take him to where they're working over their summer break <laughs> to try and recruit her. For the track team again. <laughs> it serves kind of a, uh, it does serve a narrative purpose, but yeah, it, it, it I, who would go that far just to recruit someone for their team? I know, right? He really but wants this woman on his track team. He really wants it. It's so bad. Yeah. But yeah, af basically after she proves to hit, proves to um, Inashi, like, hey, this is what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna sing. He kind of gets dragged into it as a drummer. <laughs> Not just the... He, get, he gets to be the leader. <laughs> yes. Leader, you're, you're buying dinner today. <laughs> I believe I believe out of these six, out of these six, or particularly the five band members, he's probably the oldest. Um, though Sara is probably the other oldest who we'll get to in a minute. Um, predictions for Hinashi? I ended up with two. I had mm -hmm. one. I had, I had one. I had one. And I had two. Uh, Noah! Oh, boy! Now, before I say this name, who I thought was going to be the loudmouth, pushy person, I just want to say I love this person to pieces, and I mean this recommendation as a high compliment. I put Austin Tyndall. <laughs> why? Why? I want to know why. I, 
Nachi, okay, in the first episode, and keep in mind that we don't quite know that Nachi is going to be important to the show until, like, episode four, but I still made a prediction yep. in that first episode, because the first thing we see is him dr trying to drag Fuka in this really pushy manner, trying to get her, then we find out it's to try to get her on the track team, and the guy who can play lovable asshole is everyone's favorite redhead, Karma. So I thought, we, ha we can okay. have... We, we will add okay. track karma to the list if he was in this role. <laughs> oh, there you go. Oh, boy. Um, let's see. I'm on. What do you uh, Who did I have? I put down... I thought Micah Solisad might go in here. I think mostly because, uh, unfortunately, ever since I saw... Uh, the early parts of, like, Seraph at the End, Micah Solisod ends up filling that slot for, like, hey, you're kind of obnoxious and <laughs> hot-headed. <laughs> You'll do. Oh, man. Which is unfair, because I know Micah does, has a lot more range than that, but now whenever I see that character oh, type, he he's always so the first range. thing that pops into my mind, so. I, Fun it, fact, I almost oh, didn't boy. cast someone for this character, because I didn't realize the brown-haired dude in the opening was this brown-haired dude, so. Yeah. Fun fact. <laughs> <laughs> Jamal, what do you have, sir? I had Clifford Chapin and Joel McDonald. Because the, okay. the thing about Nachi is he's a spastic anger incarnate who does have a bit of comedic timing to him. And I figured those okay. two could provide it very well, especially Clifford Chapin. Are you thinking, are you thinking okay. back to his show by Rock days? Or No, I'm sorry, no, uh, his um, My Hero Academia days. No, I'm thinking back to his Good Luck Girl days. I need something to see that. I still need to see that too. It's on my shelf. Anyway, um, the two that I have, uh, Rico Fajardo and Orion Pitts. We now know how to pronounce this person's name. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Uh, who was it? It was Tia. Thank you, Tia. <laughs> Thank you for that. Um, so, Rico, the reason why I. Some of these I gotta remember why I picked these because i made these predictions a freaking month ago um orion probably orion it was similar characters that he's played like nana from kiss him not me uh what's his character in grimgar ranta uh ranta ranta yes ranta from grimgar he's a little little stupid panty ass I, big I, bags I have a feeling <laughs> it might be the same similar thought we had you know spastic anger incarnate yeah, something, and something like that. And Rico, he has pretty like similar to the comedic timing point that you had a minute ago. He actually has some pretty good comedic timing. Yes. Um, like his role in Honda Kun, even though it's a secondary character, such amazing comedic timing, and it was great. So I think that was probably the role I had in mind with Honda Kun when I put Rico here. Um. In actuality, though, who we ended up getting for Mr. Kazuya Hinashi is Mr. Sean Gann. Now, it's been a minute since we've talked about this guy. The last time we've talked about him was actually Prince of Stride, so it was actually about a year ago. Um, and he actually doesn't have a lot of really big named characters as of right now. The only other one I could really find on the list is Alderaman on the sky. Uh, but he also had a minor role in Show by Rocket 1.2. Uh, so, how do we feel about Sean Gann as uh, Hinashi? Mm. Uh, there's gotta be a, a weak link in any dub. I think yeah. this is it. Yeah. I'll come right on and say it. 
His voice is a little too deep for the character design. A little too deep. It is deep? Uh, my no on this one isn't just uh, the pitch, it's also... What I wrote here? Um, does he have something stuck in his nose? Okay, because there's like a certain um, effect you get when um, you're trying to speak to like through your nose. Um, and his, his regular speaking, like not just the over-the-top moments where he's trying to recruit Fuka or he's freaking out about her not being on the track team, but just his normal speaking voice later in the show comes off as mm -hmm. it's a pitch that i don't quite like and I, I i don't think his acting is bad he performs it well but that the pitch doesn't quite jive with me just uh, mm. okay i thought it was okay i mean because because have any of you heard sean gannon anything before Fugu? yes no i don't think so i Jamal, what else have you heard? Oh, Devilman on the sky. Okay, and I've actually seen him in Prince of Stride. Um, the character here for Fuga is at least rather different compared to the, his character from Prince of Stride. Um, I think what this kind of comes down to is he's still relatively mm -hmm. new mm. to voice acting, to anime voice acting. He's still relatively new, so it might be a little bit rough. It. His voice does bring in a different sound and a different dynamic for the rest of the group members. I think that's probably what was going on here. But personally, I kind of want to see Sean Gannon more things. Yeah, me too. Like, I want to get to know his vocal range and seem as more rather large roles rather than some these minor roles that he's mostly been in for a while. So, I can see what you what you're saying guys about Sean Gan maybe being possibly the weak link here I can see now, that. Now uh, to possibly throw him a bone on this one his role in the show mm -hmm. changes from episode to episode because at the beginning we think he's just going yeah. to be the um the annoying character who uh, like his running gag is will you join the track team and that's all he ever does in the show yeah. and but then by the halfway point of what we've gotten so far it changes and he has to be the put upon character where we're dragging him into something else now, and he goes from being the aggravator to the agitated. And yeah. it's a little... I, I think he does better in the agitated part than he does the agitator. So in the the part where... Yeah. He, like, you had a band, a place to play as a band all along? Hey, <laughs> karma's a funny thing, isn't it, Noah? That it is. And I say karma's a funny thing, considering he for this. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, so, <laughs> so like we got to have one, well we don't have to, but we usually have at least one weak link for this and this is the one where it is. But like I said, I'm willing to give him another go and see if he can bring that same put upon agitator, no, the agitated part to other roles and maybe have a more enjoyable to listen to voice at those times. Yeah, I need to go back to Princess Stride cuz he I... was among the main group of um, main group of um, guys for that show, and I need because I never finished the dubbing for, for Prince of Pride. I gotta think at least halfway through. Maybe? How dare you not finish? Um, Who amongst us has never finished a show in its entirety before? I finished the simulcast before. I just didn't finish the dub. Okay, so I kind of want to go back and hear um, hear Sean in um, Prince of Stride. 
but I, I again, I want to hear him in some more things. Like, it's one of those things where it's like because he's still rather new in terms of a major role, it's really hard to like. I don't want to be. <laughs> I don't want to sound like a jerk sometimes. Oh, uh, when it's someone yeah. like with a major role for like one of the first we'll, times, I don't want to be that. We're person. taking that off. But no, we'll same... take that power off. You. Me and Jamal will be the jerks. You can be the. You know the ass kisser. Hey, okay. speak for yourself, man. <laughs> <laughs> Help no, me. but no. no. I don't want to be. I, I don't want to be an ass kisser, but I'm being. I'm being optimistic. Is the word here? I'm being optimistic okay. about well, it. Okay. Well, look. There's a saying for this. The first is always the worst. You know, it can only get better from here. Hmm. This isn't the first, though. <laughs> but this is his first main. Well, no, his second. I think. No. Third. No. Actually. Prince of Stride. Prince of Stride. He was a major character. Good, good yeah, try, that was a though. boy band, though, so... This yeah. is another no, boy band! They, with one girl. No, this isn't... That wasn't the boy band. No, I'm saying... He wasn't the boy band, he was... He was in the parkour group, no, I think. Yeah, he up. was in Gaggy Standard. I saw the show. I thought he was... Japan, no. you're making too many cartoons. Stop it, we can't keep track of them all. Take a break for a season, no. please. Sorry, now I have to look this shit up. Hold on. <laughs> Hold on. Editing. Future editor, feel free to take out these long spaces of nothing. Right. Audience, that sound you're hearing is the sound of the two of us coming to a screeching halt. Yeah, it's Galaxy <laughs> Standard. It's Josh, Joel, Garrett Storms, Justin Briner, him, and, uh, fuck, who's the sixth guy? Goddamn Anime Planet, why do you have no pictures? <sighs> because that'd be they too easy. We were just using that God site for anime it. pictures in the last episode. Prince of Stride. Please have pictures. Please. Oh, I okay. Yeah, I did get my characters mixed up. I thought it was Kuga. <laughs> the dude with the white silver hair and the ponytail. Uh, That's who I got mixed yeah. up. Okay. I'm a dumbass. Yeah, I need to go back to see Prince of Stride <laughs> again. Whoops. Who the heck voices Kuga? Ivan Jasso. Newer guy. That's who I'm thinking of, Ivan. Duh. Yup. Ignore me. Ignore me. Already done. I'm an idiot. <laughs> Thanks. All right, gentlemen, let us return to our three-person-only podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Noah. Thanks. Um, Amon, how did you feel about Sean? Uh, I, I'm, not, I, I'm not sure, just because I feel like... Um, a little like with um, Seth McGill, he, I feel like his character didn't leave as much as an impression on me, and that's part of it. It's not as much as like him not showing up, although part of that's that like, you know, for the first couple episodes, he just sort of pops up occasionally to hassle Fuka, and then he goes away. Um, I like I didn't I didn't find it like terribly bad or distracting, and I feel like that might also be one of those things that as like as the show goes on and he gets to do a little more, my opinion of him might go up. But right now, it's like generally positive but also like of the main characters he left by far the least least amount of impression on me okay. even including the fact that like um you know i think up as i saw it sorrow's only in like an episode and a half and i felt like i got a much better sense of who she was like in that that i got from uh um nachi like popping up on and off for five episodes so that might also just be like kind of a writing problem i don't know so from what i'm getting consensus is it's a little iffy. It, it needs work. It, it needs polishing. 
But I'm gonna sit in my corner and be optimistic. You I'm optimistic. I'm optimistic too. I'm hoping that like by the end of the series, like in the back, oh yeah, no, he's good. I have fe- I have a feeling we're gonna have se- the same thoughts again about another character later on. Let's move on to Sara Awami. Sara Awami is the guitarist that we meet in the fifth episode. Uh, she's also Hisashi's little sister. Um, who the big thing with her? A couple big things. One before she, for, before Fuka was like, "Hey, come be in our band." <laughs> um, she got kicked out of like three other bands because the way she would communicate to the band members came off in a very wrong way. Uh, the other thing we find out is because you has this kind of obsession with Twitter. <laughs> that, can we just talk about how weird Be- that is for a second? Like, yeah. like name drop Twitter <laughs> specifically in Japanese, yeah, like did. and Twitter. Twitter. Um, the big thing here, because you is obsessed with Twitter. Sara is actually one of like the his, his Twitter buddies, ironically enough, that we find out the fifth episode and she's basically the same kind of character as you but in a female form where she's kind of socially awkward and doesn't really know how to communicate or talk to people that's you um in a good way which it kind of comes across rather interestingly in the fifth episode but because i only watched until episode three of the simulcast i did not get the chance to pick something for sara did anyone have predictions for Sara? I, I did. I did. Okay. Wow, I'm the only one. Holy crap. Well, she, she fell to that category of, like, you're in the opening, so you get to go on the list. Even if it's just purple-haired that, lady that we haven't met yet. <laughs> that That's a fair assumption. I have the same feeling about uh, one of the characters keeps showing up in the credits for uh, uh, Dragon Maid, who we still haven't seen yet. Exactly. Yeah. But, um, who did I... For, Ma, for me... And this is kind of a guess because by the time I started like making my prediction, she hadn't actually shown up yet. Um, but and this is I, I confess my rationale for this was just this is an actress I like who I've only seen in one thing and I want to see her more. I thought it'd be nice. Hey, Jill Harris is cool. Yeah. <laughs> Let's have her be in here. There we go. There we go. All right, Jamal, what do you have, sir? Uh, again, I went off of the show by rock vibe, which thank you, Caitlin Glass, for playing 20 questions on Twitter. <laughs> I had uh, Alexis Tipton, and my cop out was uh, Sarah Whedon. Okay. How, how is Sarah a cop out? Yeah. Because the character is named Sarah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> God damn it! I was hoping that wouldn't be the answer. <laughs> But at it's, the but at the it. same time, considering what she it, do actually doing this season, I thought maybe she could give her vocals a break, maybe do her big girl voice here for Sarah. That. Yeah, because Sarah has a pretty decent sized range, actually. It's not yeah. Sarah; it's Sarah. Noah, Noah, sir, who do you have for Sarah? Just like yourself, I also didn't make a prediction for this person before I decided to switch over to watching the dub entirely. And for this point forward, I'm probably just going to just watch the dubbed episodes as they come out. But because the character shows up in episode 5, and we see her character design, and we get like maybe 30 seconds of build-up before her English actor says anything, one name jumped to my mind instantly for this stoic-faced character who, I I was assuming, I was like, "Mm, she's probably going to have a lower voice, she's probably going to be a pain in the ass, and she's probably going to be best girl by the end of the show. Okay, so it's got to be none other than Trina Nishimura. Who also plays 
Also, we usually play as like these stoic uh, female badass characters. My god, you pronounced your name correctly. I am surprised. How do you pronounce Clifford's last name? Shut up! <laughs> Chapin! Clifford Chapin, motherfucker! Oh, I thought it was Clifford Shadow. That was Chapon. God damn it! Oh, and now I'm gonna hear from it, hear about it. Oh shit. Yeah, I'm I sorry! Fin I finally learned how to pronounce Trina's <laughs> last name right. <laughs> yeah, for, for new viewers. For the longest ass time, I mispronounced Clifford's last name, Clifford Chapin's last name, because my thought process was Charlie Chaplin. Chaplin. Char <laughs> I was like, it has to be similar, right? No. I, I can't. Not even. Not a shot in hell. Clifford. Cha <laughs> that, my brain. Sucks. I love Clifford Chaplin um, movies. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. Oh, I'm gonna hear it later, aren't I? Anyway. <laughs> Uh, let's see. The person who voices Sarah Iwami is actually, actually, it's Elizabeth Maxwell. Uh, you, you should be rather familiar with her uh, at this point, because she's, honestly, she's played some roles fairly similar to this. Um, you've heard her in Attack on Titan. Uh, she's also in Noragami and Noragami Arigoto. And she's also the voice of the new major uh, Makoto Kusanagi for Ghost in the Shell mm -hmm. Arise. Um, so, how do we feel about Elizabeth Maxwell here as Sara? I, I think she did a pretty good job. My only issue was when her character decided to change after she found out that you was her Twitter buddy. I, I think she could have just went a little higher on, the ex on her vocals when she got excited, you know? Yeah, I'm gonna double your because it, it's it's good. It's it's a believable shift because keep in mind this is a melodrama and in melodramas small instances merit big responses, but they still have to be believable responses. We can't go chibi style over the top omake episode kind of reactions. Uh, no, I've I've heard people get that. I've heard people get excited like that pretty often though. I guess it depends on the person yeah. and how. Like their personality, I wrote actually a really a rather long sized note regarding Elizabeth Maxwell. So what I wrote on my phone was Maxwell seems like an odd pick for Sarah on paper, but after letting her go for an episode, she plays the cool yet slightly awkward girl rather well. She normally plays the cool badass, hence the three examples of the role like listed, but adding the awkward brings a whole new performance into the mix, because. Giving some credit to the casting here overall, some of these roles, some of these voice actors who landed in some of these roles, that's a little bit of a different take on what they've done previously. And in Elizabeth Maxwell's case, you don't often really hear her as like turning out to be this really socially awkward person. She's always the stoic badass, which at first Sara appears to be that kind of person. But then once we learn that she is this socially awkward little, socially awkward butterfly, similar to uh, you, it brings in a whole new level and a different performance for Elizabeth Maxwell, which I can really appreciate, because it gives her a little bit more to work with than just what we usually see for her. So, I like it. On Again, on paper, like, if you just give me the cast list and I have not seen the show at all, I would be like, hmm. I don't know how to feel about this one, because it's a high schooler, <laughs> um, and with with Elizabeth Maxwell's 
vocal range. It's like, what? Um, <laughs> but letting her go for an episode, I enjoyed it, and I can't wait to hear more of it, honestly. Oh, you trust me, you get to hear a good chunk of her more being more badass than the rest of the show. Yeah, I'm excited. Who else has thoughts? Oh, I liked her a lot. I thought she... I mean, my main the main thing that endeared me to her was I did think she did that shift from, like, you know, cool and quiet and reserved and having this sort of almost kind of regal air about her to being, like, much chattier um, very well. Yeah. And just in the sense of, like, you know, felt like, oh, this is the same person, but this is just an aspect of their personality they don't necessarily show off in the same way. And I felt like that, that, felt, that felt like something that could have been very easy to... If not like botch per se, at least like not sell very well, and I was impressed by uh, how well they ended up doing that. So I was very happy with the whole thing. Yeah, I'll agree on that too. It's it's um, I I think from episode uh, four no five I'm sorry from five onward we don't quite get to hear more of her being that way because by the end of the episode she's kind of uh, cooled out and she's become a part of the group who wants to do well in music as well. Because keep in mind she was the only one going into this who had a uh, good musical experience. Like, <laughs> yeah. I would say, oh, let's see, some of the other ones knew how to play instruments, but she was the only one who was like really serious about it because she was still playing instruments now. So yeah, yeah, yeah. when we see that uh, shift in episode five of her going from uh, go away and die to I like chocolate, which by the way, I too love going to Danny's for a good dinner late at night. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, yes. Copyright infringement uh, avoided. Yes. You you don't want to know what we were what we were talking about with the uh, quite literal Carlos Junior thing <laughs> that happened during the Occupus trip episode. Dear uh, sweet lord, I can't um, wait for that. Oh, oh boy, editing, editing. Oh um, joy. So, Oh, joy. I still gotta finish Mob Psycho first, though. Anyways. Uh, so the consensus is definitely that we're enjoying it. Though some of... Some little bit of the shift by the sounds of it may be a little odd, depending on who you're talking to. Does that sound accurate? Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Alright, so we're gonna move on to our resident keyboardist. Oh, no. <laughs> and, um... Oh, lord. Just to, just to flat out say, this character is mm. He's gay. Yeah, when, and when he, he's also, he's also such a wonderful troll. It is fantastic. Oh, yeah. So, so Mr. Makoto Mikasa, <laughs> our, key, our gay keyboardist who likes to screw with everyone sometimes. Oh, all right. Predictions for this. Yeah, one. That kind, of, that description yeah. kind of fit in with my predictions. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! Oh no! Oh no! Oh. Should we start with you Go then? Ahead. Uh, I had three for Mikasa. Uh, my second one was just Justin Bryan because I figured, look at the character design. I figured, you know, the way he screws around people, maybe something a little high pitched from either him or my third pick, Joe McDonald would work very well my first pick roots kind of screwed the pooch on me because he said oh this guy's in here somewhere so i put down vic mignana (laughs) (laughs) this was before i even made my predictions i was like roots shut up man wait 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 hold on i I gotta i gotta quote my favorite one of my favorite bloopers from the oran so could it be vic mignana 
I thought with the whole typecasting things going on with him, I thought, he's, he's Mikasa, isn't he? And I found out the cast list wasn't even announced. Mm-hmm. Damn it, Woots. <laughs> <laughs> so, funny story. I originally actually had four, but I decided to cut a few of them out. Um, one that I had before I cut it out, I believe, was Justin Briner. <laughs> the two I decided to keep, though, because I was thinking about just before recording this, and I'm like, who would I have actually wanted to keep as, like, this possible character? Um, Alejandra Saab was my first choice, because I wanted to see even more range from this guy. Like, his range is pretty awesome right now, so I want to hear a little bit more. And then... Just because I'm on a mission to put him somewhere in the damn past no. now. This wonderful voice acting uh, wizard. You didn't. She did. I put I put Josh Gilly in here. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> Who'd you think I put in here? That's what I thought I you thought were going to I thought you were going to say Marcus. <laughs> no, that's Hardy. No. Hardy's trying to get Marcus and everything. You know, it's funny. I was looking at the predictions I cut, and one of them was Damon Mills. <laughs> now that would be ironic. That is phenomenal. Uh, speaking of, thank you Alejandro for getting for asking Damon Mills to make that video. Uh, yeah. To prove Hardy wrong. <laughs> actually, to prove him wrong. Actually, I love that. I, actually, yeah, because he's... Cause, thank you for watching the video, Alejandro Sub. Because if I had yes. to put in that note, you never would have asked him to do that. <laughs> Yeah, you're right. That kid has a huge-ass range on him. Holy mother of God. But anyway. Yeah, and it's something when even Don, she admitted on Periscope that he he did have an impressive range. And this is the girl who did voice acting Black Magic on Sky Wizards. When she admits that, Fair. that is saying something. Alright, who else had predictions? Uh, I also had Alejandro Saab, mostly because I'm watching Nambaka, yes. and I really like Uno. Yeah! Uno. Oh, Uno. Uno's my oh, favorite. Oh, Uno's definitely Uno. my favorite. Uno I like him. Um, and so I thought, yeah, no, he'd be, he'd be good in this role. Let's put, let's put Alejandro in here. Noah! I'm so sorry for falling into the typecast crowd as well, but I also put the blonde-haired, slightly homosexual character as Vic Mignogna. God damn Stop it! Me. Take my license away. I, I, commi I committed voice acting fraud. And thrown under the bus again. I feel bad for the <laughs> bus more than any of us now. Ooh. <laughs> that bus is probably going to have some, like, body damage and mechanical issues now. Oh. From all the people it's running over. Oh, do do yeah. you know oh, a good mechanic? Lord. We're going to need one. The individual who is voicing our wonderful keyboardist, Mr. Rico Fajardo. Yay! There you! No. Um, <laughs> so, a few other roles you've heard him in. Oop. And speaking of range, because these three roles that I picked, oh boy. I picked Show by Rock, <laughs> um, Grimgar, Fantasy, and Ash. And speaking of Nanbaka. Happy <laughs> fucking New Year! Happy <laughs> New Year! <laughs> Oh, speaking of non-buggins, speaking of range. Um, so, how do we feel about Rico? He's probably my favorite male actor in the cast. Actually, I can agree with this. Because his... I can very much agree his with this. Uh, even though he's, um, it's a lower-pitched voice, 
So you would think maybe it wouldn't sound convincing as a high schooler. It's got enough dry, stark, and lovable Keon-isms to it that I, I just love every time that he gets on screen. The note that I wrote here, I'm going to have to slightly edit myself when I say it, because there's another name. Oh. Uh, Rico, Rico playing the good buddy to you again. Uh, but this time, it can it's kind of like a mediator as well for you and Fuka. Because during the whole thing when they were working at the um, Yahagi's restaurant for summer break, they end up in this fight. And Mikasa is basically the one who's like trying to get them to make up. He's the mediator and all this. And I don't really know how often you see Rico in that kind of role, honestly. Like, unless I'm dead wrong, and, I've, and it's been somewhere before, but... No. Yeah, I I actually agree with you, Noah. I think Rico is probably one of, probably my favorite male performance of the show as well. Um, not to say that the person who plays you is terrible, but we're going to get to that probably eventually. Yeah, we're just talking about in terms um, of uh, actual acting performance, the, maybe? In the performance, yeah. But I enjoy it a lot right now. Like, yeah. <laughs> the snark that he has. The snark that he has about the whole being gay thing. <laughs> it's it's beautiful. <laughs> I was, I was really... You know I only have eyes for you, right? Yeah. Bah, bah. I, saw, I, saw, I saw a really hot lifeguard over there. I'm going to go get myself a date. Yeah. <laughs> that was great. I love the little gay snark that he has. It's fantastic. It's the kind of person who recognizes that they're, uh, that they're going to be... Uh, What's the word I'm looking for here? They're going to be condemned or looked down upon by other people for uh, the just who they are, and so they they play it up and they have fun with it. it oh, he, he ain't fun with it. It's great. I yeah, love it. it reminds me of someone like who's uh, like has an amputation or some kind of deformity of some sort, and just says, uh, "Yeah, sure, that's um, I'm gonna I'm gonna have some fun with this." And the amount of times, the amount of times. That he pulls stupid little jokes and cracks at both you and Hinashi. <laughs> Hinashi especially recently, yeah. though. And the one thing I appreciate is that it's he does make those kind of jokes, and it's not the gay, um, what's what I'm looking for here, where you're, um, the fear people have where you're um, hunting, you're a gay hunter, what's what I'm looking for here, uh, like a dominating kind of uh, homosexual. He plays it up more as okay. just a joking around kind of person that... Luckily, he only does with his friends who will get the joke. And, all, and, I, and also, I can appreciate they didn't try to go with the flamboyant stereotype. Yeah. Which, if they went in that direction, I would have not been as happy about the performance. Mm. So I'm glad that I'm glad they basically made Rico as Mikasa as a normal guy who just happens to be gay. He, he's not. Huh, basically, what a pretty what he He's a normal guy, cracks a few gay jokes every now and again, and it's great. The time, the comedic timing for those jokes are fantastic. It's great. I love it. I Who agree. wants to join us under the bus? Join <laughs> us under the bus, Amon. No, I We're under the bus. Let's go. Fine. Oh uh, no. Uh, I mean, I, also, I just I enjoyed. I, he did good. I think that's it. It's like he was very. He felt like he felt like he was a good fit for the character. And I thought he he just fit well in a way that feels like very it was very like non flashy to the point where I have a hard time describing why I liked it. It was just nice it was just nice to have him on screen and he was like, you know, appropriately sarcastic, <laughs> but also like, you know, a good solid dude a lot of the time. It was very it was very good. 
You can't. Would I, you want to go out? Would you like? Would you want to go out have beers with the guy? Yeah, exactly. Like this feels like a nice yeah, guy totally. to like go. You know, you go chat over some drinks or something like that. Like he feels like a good buddy. He's the he's the good buddy to exactly. you. Exactly. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> Which, dear God, when we get to you, to I'm me? gonna I'm gonna bring up the reason why I no. said that. Shut <laughs> up. <laughs> I, I, I'm sure people who don't know that the lead character's name is you are so confused right now. <laughs> We're going back to the you and... Oh, no! <laughs> don't worry, I'm not going that We're far. We're going back to... No, no. We're going back to the you and Mika thing again. The you and me yeah, stupid I from no. Seraph. I just realized that. That's <laughs> why I said I'm not going any further. Oh, I just realized this. <laughs> I was looking at the names, I'm like... Damn. <laughs> so, so Jamal, how do you feel about me? I I pretty much enjoyed it. Like when I saw it in the survey, I was surprised that after, in the middle of the first episode that the, that the dude was gay. But when I heard Rico playing, he played it off very no pun intended. He played it off very straight. Ah. Rico seems to be coming around with his range a lot lately, though. Because I still refuse to believe he plays Mutumi's older brother and kiss him, not me. I He does not. I refuse. He does not. He no, no. Honestly, that was a mistake on Megan's part. Oh. It's Brad Hawkins <gasps> who voices Mutsumi. Oh, thank, older, uh, thank God. <laughs> it's not Rico. It's not Rico. I looked into it. This oh. was after the this was after the fact and this was Cause I don't even think he made his debut until after we recorded that episode. Anyway. Yeah. I don't know how Megan came about with Rico's name all of a sudden. He 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 said um, it was but uh, no, it was Brad, on the press it, release originally, so they screwed. Ah, okay. He's such which a black. You, which so that you may it. have to fix that in the Tanya episode. Yay! These press releases—they're not 100% perfect, but we go with what we go with. Um. But yeah, just a slight correction. It's Brad Hawkins, not Rigo, um, who voices Musumi, aka David Waldo, the brother. Okay, slight correction there. Um, so general consensus is that we really like Rico here. Oh yes. Okay. So we got three left. The first character we're gonna talk about, the already rising star, the already made idol, uh, Miss Koyuki Hina Hinashi. Koyuki Hinashi. Uh, she is actually used childhood friend from elementary school um, who one day moved away and eventually she ended up achieving her dream and becoming this big artist. Um, but she has unrequited feelings for you. Um, so, and she uses basically those feelings that inspires a lot of the songs that she wrote. She's basically um, the Taylor Swift so, of this universe. No. Basically, yes. But but for the good reasons. In, in for the good reasons though. For the good reasons though. Um so predictions for Koyuki. I had two. Yeah, two. I had three. I had one, and I bet me and Jamal shared at least one prediction. I also had one. Uh, let's throw let's throw Lilac under the bus. <laughs> We haven't done that in a while, okay. Um, so the two that I had, I partially forgot why I picked them, unfortunately. Again, I made these predictions a month ago. Um, one was Don Bennett, the other was Michelle Rojas. Michelle Rojas, probably because 
I was probably finishing up Kiss Him Not Me at the time, mm. uh, where she's Nishima, and personally I enjoyed that role. I wanted to see more from her and more range, so I thought Koyuki would be a fun fit for her. And then Dawn. Dawn has really good range. We're aware of this. Mm -hmm. Dawn actually also sings. Yeah, that's a thing to keep she, in mind. She graduated, fun fact, she graduated from Berkeley School of Music. <laughs> In Boston. Holy cow. Oh boy. Fun fact. So, if they were going to go by chance and dub the songs for Koyuki, you obviously need a pretty decent singer, a strong, strong vocalist to go with this. Mm -hmm. And I tried racking my brain around someone who is a good singer that we know of, and Don was the probably the first one to come to mind. So that's why I put her here. All right, I will follow you up with the need to have a good singer part, which, by the way, um, I don't know if they're going to dub these later, but so far as the five episodes in, only one song has been dubbed, and that was uh, um, Fuka's little ad-lib singing in episode two. So we haven't got, yep, that was the only yeah, part we haven't got a chance to hear the English voice actress for Koyuki sing yet. But if when we do eventually get to hear her sing... I would love to hear the glorious Alexis Tipton's pipes put into that role. Oh, okay. Because she's Chew and Show by Rock, and of the four main, um, of those four members of Plasmagica, her pitch sounded the closest to Koyuki. Okay, I can see that. I, I can see that. Makes mm. sense. Next. Uh, I also had Alexis Tipton for pretty much the same reason. Like I didn't know, I didn't know if they were, I didn't know if they were going to dub the songs. But I figured even if the songs themselves didn't get dubbed, um, whoever's playing um, her, as well as Fuka later on, might have to do some level of singing. So I figured, mm -hmm. all right, Funimation just put out a musical. Let's see who's in. The, let's see who's in there. Yes. Sounds like they could sing these parts, and I think she she also sounded like she'd be the best fit. So I put her there. Nice. Okay, Jamal. Yeah, I'm going to pull the lilac card here for a second. I had three, Okay. but the way I did my predictions, uh, one was based off a of show by Rock, one I've actually heard sing, and the other is because she says that she's a musician on her Twitter profile. And I found out later she was also in show by Rock. Okay, so what were those three? The one that can sing is uh, Jade Saxton. Well, no, I mean the one from show okay. by Rock. The one that can sing is Megan Shipman. And the one from Twitter is Jeannie uh, Torado. Oh, I didn't know that was on her Twitter mm. page. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I forgot. She's had, um, oh, I never actually listened to them because I was at work sometimes. But occasionally she, I think there was a video on Twitter one time where she was, like, playing a keyboard or something. Okay. I remember now. Okay. Yeah, because her vocal, because I've been accustomed to her voice a lot recently, and I figured okay. the way she conveys emotion, she would actually fit here as Koyuki. Oh. All right. Well, lo and behold, uh, Jamal, you were on the right track. It is Jeannie Tarada, who's Koyuki. Uh, so, in terms of a few other roles, uh, she's also in Kiss Him, Not Me, which is probably her first actual lead role. Uh, as Kai Sorinuma. Uh, she's also in Love Life Sunshine, and she's also in Grimgar, Fantasy, and Ash, uh, just to name a few. Uh, but she's definitely one of the voice actresses that have been coming up rather recently mm -hmm. now. Um, so, how do we feel about Jeannie's performance of Koyuki right now? 
It is what I expected. It's perfect. <laughs> I'll say, we know Jamal's thoughts right there. Done. Um, personally, Genie, it sounds close to uh, Seti Numa a little bit. Um, from Kiss Him Not Me, though, with less Fujo. And less of a voice outs. crack. <laughs> less of a voice crack, yep. Um, all, no, uh, um, I have to read this note exactly. Genie sounds similar to Kai, but with less Fujo. Also to Yumei. More like Yumei. It's a, it's very soft and sweet role to counteract Fuga's spunky one. Um, so yeah, it's definitely a good contrast to Fuga when we get to mm -hmm. her. Um, and it's very soft-spoken. I'm not going to say quiet, because she's not quiet. Um, well, comparatively between, like, Koyuki and Fuka, she's kind of the more soft-spoken, quiet-type girl. Um, but I... Why did I not think this was Genie? Oh, right, because I put Genie somewhere else. <laughs> so... I, I'm enjoying it so far, honestly. I'll jump on the same train and say I, I also... Uh, I'm surprised at myself that I also really enjoyed it because uh, the first time that we talked about Genie Torado... Or that, I'm sorry, that I talked about Genie Torado oh, on this show. God. And actually, this was brought up on an episode that we just recorded, but I'll repeat it again here. It's no. Zara in uh, Fairy Tale Zero. And... Be Oh, and gotcha. Okay, and because I knew that we were going to talk about her again in this episode, I actually went back and I re-listened to those episodes of Fairy Tale Zero to figure out, remind me again why I didn't like her very much? And the, I remember now, it was because she wasn't a very good actress in those episodes. She was still you rough. You said still... it sounded like she was reading off the script. Yeah, that's exactly right. And that's hard, That's not a good thing to have if you're going to be one of the lead actresses. Fortunately, in the years since that episode has come out, she doesn't sound like she's reading off the cue cards anymore. She actually carries the vulnerability and love requitedness that this requires. And to throw her a really big bone here, this is a melodrama where someone has unrequited love for someone that they used to love years and years ago. Now, I don't know about you guys, but someone who I had a crush on a long time ago, I think I may have like moved on from that crush because... Uh, crushes may not last that long so yeah. you have to ex you have yeah. to accept that she still has these feelings for just this one guy and that no other guys have come around since then that have turned her eye like really really there hasn't been a yeah like, like there hasn't been a, a zane from one direction or something that's come along and said hey, 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 oh no uh, i don't know who the hot <laughs> up-and-comer young male singer is these days i'm sorry we don't have a we don't have oh, a Justin Lord. Timberlake for 2017. So that, that's because Justin Timberlake's still around. That's well, why. I mean like a new <laughs> Justin Timberlake. We don't have a, a new Backstreet Boys yet. Oh boy. Anyways. Oh wait, no, he was was he in no he was in sync. I apologize. I, there are fangirls. At the wow! <laughs> oh my wow! Screaming at the screen right the now. In, the in the in sync fangirls are going oh to murder you. They now. do not want me back. No kidding. <laughs> <laughs> and Jeannie, Jeannie's, I, I rescind my previous comments. I don't know if she saw that episode and took notes from it, but no. I, I don't know. But it, this sounds ten thousand times better, and especially with this uh, role that could so easily be so cheesy that it'd be impossible to take seriously. It sounds like a believable high school girl going through the emotions that you just, we just love to watch 
tear her into pieces. I think there's also another reason for that too, because last season she was in real life where she had to play a high school girl who was pretty much going through the motions as well, and that was, in certain aspects, that was kind of melodramatic as well. Although real life was a little bit more of a comedy, until yeah, I, you figure out the twist at the end. I, I haven't seen the dub of that yet. I haven't seen real life, period. Noah, have you seen Kiss Him, Not Me? No, and Gigi's been telling me... Well, she's been telling everyone to watch it, but specifically I think she was telling me to go watch it, but I haven't. Honestly, you should, because Jeannie plays the lead in that, and I personally think she's phenomenal in it. I, it, it she has quite a bit of range in that role alone. Okay, all right. I, I, You know, I don't have any other anime on my list, so okay, I'll put that right to the top. <laughs> No. <laughs> that's what every anime watcher says. I don't have anything else to watch right now. I'll just add this one, and then it's like, oh my god. Like, just to give you an idea, today alone I got Sekirei and Shauna Season 2 in the mail, and I have no idea when I'm going to get a chance to watch them. My Black Butler sets and um, Nichijou came. I, I just finished my Black Butler set the other day. I, I still need to get... Book of Circus and Book of Murder, but they're safe for now. <laughs> this is our our mandatory. God damn it, This is our mandatory. Fuck you, Aniplex. <laughs> Yay! Hooray! Anyway, um, Amon, how do you feel about Jean? Uh, I'm also I also enjoy her performance a lot. I feel she did a good job capturing a lot of the like, um, sort of like the reservedness and the vulnerability that's in the character. Um, also, I just, I, I appreciate that, like, this is definitely the kind of character where you could probably go to Squeaky if you wanted to, and she didn't, yeah. and that tends, like, that's the only, like, that's the only, like, kind of voice range you get in anime, whether in English or Japanese, that actually tends to annoy me, so I'm always happy when I find a, when I see a performance that could have gone there and didn't, so, I, uh, you know. Yeah. Thumbs up. Excellent. There you go. Alright, so are we good to move on? Because we only have two characters Holy left. Holy cow. Alright. Yes. Alright. So let's talk about our main male character, Yu Haruna. Uh, he is <laughs> similar to Sara, basically. He's a socially awkward butterfly. <laughs> uh, who he and his sister Chito say they just moved to Tokyo because um, their parents uh, went overseas because his dad's job got transferred. Um, so he's a new kid in a new school. Who's, who's uh, accused of being a pervert? <laughs> a lot, um, and he's basically a part of this love triangle in a sense between Koyuki and Fuka. Um, I'm hoping, I'm, I, I'm, I'm hoping, and I'm pretty sure he's gonna go with Fuka. But that's just <laughs> <me>. <laughs> predictions for you, Haruna. I went with. Three. I gotta remember why I went with these three. <laughs> I had three, and I can remember why I went with mine. I had one, and I I know why I picked him. I know. I just know. I, I have the one, too. So who's getting thrown under the bus now? Uh, Sir Jamal. I don't think he's been under there in a while. Get on down here, man. <laughs> this bus, you can't. You this can't bus. see it, but I'm flipping you the finger right now. <laughs> and I'm just give, giving you the peace sign. No, nothing but love, man. God damn it. it also right, means Jamal, the middle finger have... in England, too, so. God damn it. <laughs> That's true, it does. Oh, God. <laughs> I forgot about that. 
forgot. <laughs> Jamal, who do you have for you? Uh, for you, I had Austin Tyndall, and Dismuke, and Micah Solusad. All three of them, they can play spastic pushover pretty easily, and that's what you pretty much is most of the time. Uh, uh, can I segue from there? Because one of mine picks was Austin Tyndall. I think Austin was my default in this situation. Mm. Um, the other two I picked, Rico Fajardo was one. Uh, probably another default, honestly. Uh... Um, but my third pick, and actually my first choice, I actually had Damon Mills for you. Uh, the reason for that Again, this kid has some range to him, first. Um, and secondly, I haven't quite heard him in a melodramatic high school kind of role yet. I wanted to hear what that sounded like, so I wanted to have Damon Mills in this show, and I put him as you, because I thought that would be the best pick, or the best fit for him. Uh, Noah? Um... If I had known a bit more about the character past episode one, I may have picked someone a little differently. Because the first episode, he's he has no agency in actually doing anything that gets the plot moving. He's kind of, like, he does get things to happen, but only because the girls respond to his um, solely being around them as being, oh, you care about me. So because of that, and it's probably just because I got it in the mail recently, I was thinking of Sekirei, and the lead character, the lead male character in that, was everyone's favorite, Joel McDonald. Okay. Now, like I said, if I thought, if I'd seen a little further on where he starts to um, actually do stuff on his own, I may have picked someone a little differently, but for just that first episode, I thought Joel would be the best pick. Okay, and Amon, who do you have? Who did I have? I had Justin Briner. I think in part because the uh, sort of initial introduction reminds me a little bit of uh, Deku from My Hero Academia, with the exception being, you know, Deku works a little harder to actually do things, <laughs> and this guy's a <laughs> little up. Is true. He's a wee bit of a doormat. Oh yeah. For Christ's sakes, he is the male lead, and he gets to be the bass player in the band. <laughs> that's that's rough. Yeah. That's rough. Yeah. That, yeah. Oof. So that, that was, that was kind right. of where my brain went. Okay. So, Jamal, I don't know how you're doing this today. Because <laughs> lo and behold, Mr. Aaron Dismuke is the voice of you, Hotternacker. I'll admit right off the bat, that was a little bit of typecasting, because he does tend to play spastic pushover characters a lot. That's, no, that's well, nothing against him. I'm just pointing out something, that's all. Well, I didn't think of him. And there's actually, for me at least, there's actually good reason for that, and I'll get to it in a second. But a few other roles you've heard Aaron Dismuke in, you've heard him in Blood Bucade Battlefront, uh, The Heroic Legends of Arzen, which, going back to Rico Fajardo, I'm gonna read the, my note about him again. Rico playing the good buddy to Aaron again. <laughs> Arslan and Daryu. Their bromance. <laughs> That's why. The bromance will continue oh, the for bromance all ages. Is real. The bromance is real. Um, and he's also in Terror and Resonance. Um, now the reason why I kind of had opposite thoughts than what you were saying, Jamal. Snarky little um, Jagoff? Yeah. Yeah, I was thinking more of the snarky little Jagoff. I wasn't thinking of the quiet, more... The spineless I, male lead. Yeah, I wasn't thinking of that because I see Aaron more in, 
in the characters where he is the snarky jagoff mm-hmm. than the spineless wimp. But then, like, going to Blood Bowl Cave Battlefront yeah. and to an extent with Arslan, uh, what did I write here? Uh, it definitely reminded me more of the Blood Bowl Cave Battlefront role where he, he's not a pushover in that show, kind but of. he is the, uh, the outsider coming into the new world. Kind of, but this is... But I also thought, to a certain extent, Leo can be kind of a coward sometimes. You is more of an introvert. Yeah. I don't hear Aaron playing introverted characters that often. Very, very rarely. Um, my, my note here. You see Aaron in more outspoken roles, but you is more quiet. Not like Arslan and Leo, but more like an introvert. You is very much an introvert. He's, again, that socially awkward butterfly. So with that kind of personality... Aaron originally did not equate that for me, but putting the two together now, admittedly, it was rough at first. Admittedly, it was a little bit rough at first, going from the Japanese and then to Aaron, who Aaron in in and of itself has a very particular vocal range. Very, very particular. So trying to hear that equate to this character took a little bit of time. But it's been growing on me ever so slowly. <laughs> so, it's it's a different kind of air performance we've seen from Aaron Disney because again, I feel like you is more of an introvert rather than the spineless coward. He's more introverted. Right, because that's and that's probably why I didn't like the character the character itself to start with because it felt like he was going to be the lead who was going to have everything happen to him and the women fawn over him of no will of his own. But it, but it yeah, got, I, I, I hated him less as it went on because, yeah, it felt like it wasn't just that things were happening to him just because. It was, his attitude was actually justified by being someone who does not uh, trust people. No, it's not even so much trust. He, he flat out says at one point he doesn't have very many friends. And how many of us can't relate to at least a point in our lives where we felt like we didn't have very many friends we could lean on? Yep. Again, introvert. Yeah, yeah so having Aaron on that. Uh, my note on that specifically was that he actually changes the character a little bit. He makes him less of a wimp and just more put upon, which honestly is probably yeah. closer to the intent of the original manga. You've got too many light novel antagon- protagonists who are just that. They are the no personality self-insert for the average reader, so anyone yeah. can be there. In this one... A lot of readers probably are introverts, people who don't have the outgoing personality that a Fuka has and are really not eager to interact with other people and get a band started. And that's what Aaron brings to this. So his apprehension to be part of this isn't just him being an asshole. It's him fighting against a personality trait that's just who he is. Any other thoughts? Typecasting is typecasting. That's all I've got. <laughs> that's, just, that's, that's just a mall. I got this on lockdown, guys. Typecasting is go. Amon, how do you feel about Aaron? Uh, I've been enjoying him. I think, like I said, I think he has been doing a good job of, um, at least as like as it goes on, like stepping around some of the stuff that could make this character a little more intolerable. Uh, and giving him like I feel like as compared to the Japanese, his his take has, if not agency, maybe just more like he doesn't feel like you know he, do, he doesn't feel so passive. He feels more like a character who does things, even if he is kind mm-hmm. of like a bit of a put upon wimp some of the time. 
Um, and I've enjoyed. Also, also, I'm I'm ashamed to admit, like I. I, I kinda, this character kind of resonates with me, if I can be real for a minute. I also spent too much time on Twitter. I'm also kind of oh, a doormat. Yeah, it's real yeah, bad. It, no, it's all good. I oh, thought no. you'd get beat up by girls, but... No, no, no. It's just like... It's like, <laughs> wait, no, wait, wait. no. Amon, are you telling me also that you have a phone full of panty shots on your phone? No, but no, oh, no, no, no. But I, I do obsess over old bands and spend too much time on the internet. Like, no, no. <laughs> This is, I, this I think, is me. This is true facts. Uh, true facts right here. Oh no. This is Amon's life right uh, here. Oh no. All the indignity <laughs> expected from it. Oh no. Oh. <laughs> well, that's okay. That, that's all right. You know, because we're all Twitter holics. I bet every single one of us yes. has that's Twitter true. glued to our phone screens. It's true. Oh, every time I have a second when there's nothing going on at work, mm -hmm. I'll be like, I'll check Twitter. Only because if I don't, I don't know what the hell goes on in the dub top chat. <laughs> oh yeah, because uh, that thing like changes every two fucking minutes. I, I love the times where we, we go off on random tangents and then we see Lilac starting to type. And we're like, oh god, and her response is always, "What the hell are you guys talking about?" <laughs> yep, because I'm always at work and I, like maybe I'll check it every few hours when I have a second. And then it's like, what the hell is going on right See, now? So I'm lucky in that I have a job where I can keep my phone right next to me so that I just watch the chat go out of the corner of my eye while I'm actually doing work. Yeah, same here. Yeah, I don't get to do that because I have to run around like nuts. Although I have yeah. to go to the bathroom and go on Twitter, so... <laughs> You know, actually, okay. the, char the character that um, this reminded me the most of in a different anime was Koyuki from Beck Mongolian Chop Squad, who's another guy who you'd peg as being a bit of a wimp, do-nothing person. But as the show goes on, okay, he, yeah. it's not that he's a wimp. It's just that he has no direction in his life. And honestly, neither does, the, neither does you. He just has no direction. Mm. Yeah, that's actually fair. Yeah. So, um, uh, that's a fair comparison. That's probably why the show, one of the many reasons why the show, for a simple and... Uh, maybe unambitious as it is, is resonating so much with viewers because it's been fairly popular this season. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Honestly. So the consensus, it seems like, for Aaron here, it's a very different take on the character, but it actually works rather well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. That's, that, does that sound like an accurate yeah. statement? Probably by about episode three okay. is when, his, uh, when I think we were all finally on board with it 100%. Oh yeah, totally. Uh, so we have one more character. One more. Uh, Miss Fuka Atsuki. Uh, she is our lead heroine of the show. She is very spunky, very outspoken, does not own a cell phone. Uh, but she very much loves music, listens to CDs a lot, and she's the one who basically drags every one of these characters into starting a band with her because similar to not having a direction she did not know what she wanted to do until all of a sudden you was you hears her sing and he's like why don't you make music you seem the most happy when you are listening to music why don't you make your own music and then she's like that's a great idea come help me make music <laughs> yeah. all these people let's go if i'm, go Call it a if day. I'm gonna make music It'd be so. It'd be most fun to make it with you. That was adorable. Yay! That little bit on the raft. That was adorable. That was so cute. Um. So predictions for Miss Fuka. Who wants to go first? I'll go first. 
Um, so like I said, uh, my picture, my my picture, this was also born out of um, sort of trolling through the show by Rock cast list and seeing who would fit. And I had a thought, and it's a little strange that I didn't put her down for director, but I think that's just because it didn't occur to me. I thought, hey, wait a minute, Caitlin Glass is being on all of these music shows. Maybe she'd fit in here very nicely. And also, I thought like she like when I think of Caitlin Glass, I think of Parker's was the first thing I saw her in. I immediately think of Maria from Bakuman. Uh, no, not Bakuman. Bakano. Bakano. And I thought <laughs> yeah, that'd be a very different show. Um, and I thought like, yeah, no, she's got the kind of like energy that I think this character needs. So I put her in there. Isaac. Okay, that makes Maria. Sense. Exactly. I forgot to buy a gift for Radis. I forgot to buy a gift for that's interesting. Oh, no! It's interesting that's the first role you heard her in, because the first role I heard Caitlyn in was actually Haruhi and Oron, which is the total yeah. opposite Same. Right? Same. Same. Total opposite. Yeah, right? Uh, following Jared here, I also went with, uh, I had three, I also went with uh, somebody from the show by Rock because of the connection, but I went with Cyan in for an April. Of course. Oh, because you need some, because you need somebody who can sing, who can handle all the ranges Fuka has, and cyan means blue, so. <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> it's the wrong shade, but still. God damn it! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Color blue. Uh, um, my second prediction: I figured if she wasn't gonna be reprising a role, she'd at least come back in some capacity. I had Leah Clark. Okay, that makes yeah. sense. Because Fuka kind of reminds me a bit of uh, Aerie from School Rumble. Yeah, actually, and, and the third one is uh, Amber Lee Connors, because when I looked at the credits in Japanese, I noticed that the seiyu for Fuka is the same seiyu for Nozomi from Keijo. So I thought maybe, ah. I thought maybe her voice could work here. The only problem is it's a little bit too shouty at times. But if she could tone it down, she, it would work. What is it with Japanese seiyu and having only one name? Like I've seen the, I've seen Moa in Flip Flappers. We see Lin here in Fuka. Like what is that? It's, I don't know. It's, it's just, just a, I don't know. Why why does Madonna go by one name? You know they do. It's a thing. You said Moe, and I, I'm thinking of Monica Rial. So. <laughs> oh, <laughs> wrong, God. wrong, wrong show, but yeah, I can see where you get that. Um, I'll go next. Um, I also had three. All three of my picks, I actually went with more um, younger, newer actresses um, that have been coming up lately. So, I had Jeannie Tirado as one, because um, she's played some kind some spunky characters mm -hmm. as of now. I mean, Yume, Yume has some spunk to her, um, and Serenuma has some spunk to her too, so I thought this would be a fun one for her. I also picked Sarah Wiedenheft. Um, she's <laughs> recently been playing more spunky characters. Azusa from Orange. Uh, one we'll get to what's, later. What, what's, what's that girl's name in um, Trickster? And I was just watching Makoto Noro. Nora, thank, Nora, thank you. Uh, and then my third choice that I put, she had yet to really play a spunky character that I could see, so I wanted to see her play a spunky character. So I actually picked Jill Harris for this one. It's complete opposite from the normal voice that we'd heard her in in previous roles. Yep, like, because she, she's played the quiet, kind of shy, uh, 
kind of shy characters like Naho from Orange. She was in plan well, Planetarian, not like a quiet character, but more soft-spoken um, than what potentially Fuka could have. Yeah, all adjectives are so the opposite that, of what Fuka is, what uh, Jill played in the yeah. past. But Jill has been coming up so much in the past year alone. I wanted to see more range on her, so I figured let's give it a shot and put her here as Fuka. Um, Noah, who do you have? All right, I gotta end this off then. I, I guess I have to think of something big then to end this off. Um, okay, uh, okay, I thought that they would get Haruhi Suzumiya. No, no, not not the English actress, just the actual Haruhi Suzumiya. They would pull her out of re- out of 2D World, put her in the recording booth, and make her voice a character that is almost identical to what she was in the show. Oh my god! Uh, no, we're we're, okay. we're not pulling Wendy. We're okay. not pulling Wendy Lee into this. But um, no. Okay, my actual pick. I'm also in the show by Rock Camp too. And one actress who I've been finding I like more and more, and turns out she has more of a range than just what she is in Show by Rock, but she can also sing, so that's also a good thing to have, was Rosia in Show by Rock, and that is Michaela Krantz. Oh, okay. I can see it. Yeah, definitely the pitch would fit. It would be a bit of a different demeanor, but definitely the same voice. Oh, I I can picture it now that you say it. That would be, oh, Michaela would be a good choice. Ooh. I got it right, right? Oh. No. I got it right, actually. <laughs> Noah said. So, Miss Fuka Atsuki is being voiced by Miss Jill Hannah. Ah, oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! I love and her! And there goes Jamal! Oh, oh, ow, ow, ow. There's a hole in my so, earbuds. Oh, so, a few other... Uh, basically, a few of the roles um, Jill has played. We've already... I've, that, at least that I written down, because um, again she's st- she's really new. She's been basically coming up this last year alone. So again, just like mentioned before, Orange Planetarian. Um, she's also in the disastrous life of Psyche K. So <laughs> I think we can already tell how Jamal. Let me, let me, is let me go last because I'm about to melt into a puddle of goo in ten uh, seconds. <laughs> Re- reform, reform, man. Okay, um, I'm on. How about you go first? How do you feel about Jill Harris? I like her a lot. I think. Well, like as I previously stated, like I, I enjoy. I first encountered Jill Harris in Psyche K, and I enjoyed her a lot. So, like, I'm happy to see her in another show to begin with. And I really think she does. I think she does a really good job. You know, obviously, I think she nails the uh, like energetic Piper side of Fuka really well. Um, but I also want to give her props for what I thought was just a really good acting job. Period. There is a scene yeah. in I think episode four where uh i forget someone's asking her a question about like how are like how are you feeling this is after like her and you have kind of had their little blow up and she gives sort of response that's like you know i'm fine and like a tone of voice that very you know is just subtly indicates that you know she is lying through her teeth Mm. and it was so well done and i was just so impressed by that and i think she's like brought a lot to this character just in terms of like balancing the you know, funny hyper side, and also giving uh, the character like some dramatic heft to her when that's needed. So I'm I, like, I'm yeah. I'm really I'm yeah. really enjoying this. Like, it's I think it's really really yeah. good. Yeah, like like I was saying before, what I've been used to for Jill as up until this point was the sweet nice girl, the Nahos and the planetarian robots. Like that's what I've been used to up until now. And I wanted to see 
more versatility and something different for her. And I'm happy this happened because she pulls it off so well. It is yes. so well done. The little bit, little subtleties that are in some of her lines is really wonderful. And because I made this comparison in orange, and Noah's gonna get this right away. This is the most Laura Bailey I have heard Jill sound. <laughs> Yeah. Because Jill Harris reminds me so much in her vocal tone to Laura Bailey. And this is the most I've heard of it. Like, since Orange. This is the most I've heard in that similar range. So, I honestly love it. I have no problems with it. And I'm just very, very happy I get to see a different side to... Um, not, wow, I was about to say Laura. <laughs> Jill. <laughs> Laura Bailey 2.0 a, a different side to Jill and her vocal range and her vocal talent because she is definitely a phenomenal actress Noah, yeah. Noah, before Jamal comes back from his melted puddle what do you think of Jill Harris? Okay, um, I got three words for Jill alpacas <laughs> what? <laughs> that, okay, that first episode where um, I, I was mostly on board with her acting for most of the first episode, I was like, okay, she's got the energy for it. That's a tiny bit annoying, but so is the character. And then we go to the movies, and then they get their little keychains, and then she says, Aw, look at the little alpacas. In, like, the most adorable <laughs> little geek-out moment possible. And I love the, I love those little moments where she, like, shows her full geekness. And, like, there's a moment in, I think it's episode four, right after the geek perform... The, not the geek. The, uh, the performance where they're uh, playing with the hedgehog players. And w one of the actors turns to her and, like, gives her a compliment. And she's got, like, this inaudible little sound effect that is so close to how someone would sound if they got a compliment from their their idol. Like, you know, if, if um, I don't know. Was it, was it kind of like a squee? It was a, thank you, that's what it was. It was a squee. It's a squee. I, ha I have to imagine <laughs> that she, like, uh, Jill, like, dug back into her high school days and, like, pulled out that enthusiastic part of her that was high on life and had no restraint whatsoever. Because this character is a tiny bit insane, but it is so m enjoyable to watch. So thank you, Jill, for that. That made this character go from what could have potentially be annoying to being fully inspiring in how enthusiastic she is about making her band. Okay, Jamal, are you, are, have you recovered from your melting puddle, yes. sir? Okay, how do you feel about Jill Harris's Well, uh, in case you couldn't tell by my fangirling. <laughs> yes, I fanboy so much, I fangirl. Get over it. I'm of the belief that Jill Harris and Brent April Together, they're precious semi roles, too good for this earth, and can do no wrong. I do like what she brings to the character, however, it started off as a little off-putting to me, probably because I'm not used to how she portrays her characters, but I think Fuka is a little bit more akin to Sakura from Assassination Classroom, like, you know, just with, just the snark, oh, okay, yeah. not, she provides the rest of the spunkiness by herself, which she really shines is when she's energetic and... Uh, free and free willing, you know. She like she does go off the rails a little time. The character that is not Jill. As for the singing, it is a little bit rough around the edges, but you know she's not used to that, which I find funny because she also wasn't show by rock as but as one of the little school 
animals, the schoolhouse animals. Yeah, the ones who are trying to get to the concert, but then get her the. Yeah, so so to yeah, so to see her here, and I haven't really, I never really heard her sing until episode two. I thought maybe, no, two is it two or three? It's two. It yeah, it's two. It's It's two two. because I thought three or four was gonna be a litmus test, but when I heard her in two, I was like. It's like Yahagi said in episode four. It's a, a bit rough, but the kid's got potential. And well, the, also at the same time, going to like the basic summary of the show, Fuka has raw talent. Exactly. She hasn't quite honed it in yet, so I can understand both the gripe as well as the actual purpose. Yeah, like yeah, she brings the raw talent, you know that, which is what the character. What calls for, you know? I mean, is 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 something outside of her comfort zone? Because I've actually corresponded with her a few times on Twitter. It is something outside of her comfort zone, but when you're working in the direction of Caitlin Glass, you know, anything <laughs> goes, and she will make it work to the best of your potential. And it, it definitely works to her advantage in that episode too, with the first part she sings because. One, it's the only time we've heard dub singing in the show so far. I don't know if they'll fix it for the uh, home video release, but it's the first time I've heard it here. And second, that's in context of the show, the first time that she's sung that we, like, she's not experienced at all. So whether or not Jill is familiar with this or not, or whether or not she was intentionally sounding rougher, it fit perfectly with the part of the tone. We weren't going to get crystal clear pipes. We weren't going to get the best yeah. singing for that scene we want wanted yeah. it sound a little amateurish and where she also captures me is her emotions because i like it when her voice tends to crack because it, it, it conveys a lot of emotion for me and plus it sounds kind of cute so <laughs> that's always a, that's always a plus well then no no she i'll yeah. i'll go with jamal on that she's adorable like yeah. the, the kind of girl who i probably would have had a crush on back in high school or even nowadays in my late twenties. Uh, I never showed you this, but she sent me a gift when I told her that she was a precious cinnamon roll. Oh no. Yeah, you don't want to know the rest of the story. So. Cinnamon roll, too pure and good for this world, and is now a hyperactive, hyperactive musician who smacks people who think they're perverts. Yeah, but, mostly yeah, Aaron. That, that mostly one Aaron. was a little off-putting to me. But, mostly Aaron. Yeah, if we were to that was Aaron. a little off-putting, but again, that's something she's not used to. Yeah, also, it wasn't a, wasn't a good first impression, the whole yeah. let's smack around the main character. Also, I find it funny yeah. that Caitlin's directing this because at the end of episode 5, I know none of you have ever seen the show, but... It was a there was a slight le- reference to love life if you was ever followed the show where <laughs> she wants to the band to perform a song together within the next couple of months. I was like, wait, didn't I see this in Love Life? Because the <laughs> in Love Life they want the group wanted to perform a song together within like the first couple of months or so, like just to help save. Oh the my show. god! Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I find it funny oh, that no. Caitlyn's the director here. And, Cause she directs subtle references. Yeah, man. Subtlety, it's guys. Like, it it's exists. like everything just comes full circle, you know. <laughs> so we can probably expect like a show by Rock reference to be tossed in the script somewhere in the future. Oh boy. Well, we got Here a we lot go. of show by Rock influence in this show, man. We just we haven't heard oh, yeah. the singing in English yet, so. Yeah. So. Well, but, which which oh. which to that argument, it's Caitlyn Glass. <laughs> 
And she and we just got the video release for season one of Chernobyl Rock, yeah. and the songs are dubbed. Yep. There's a good, good chance that the du- songs for Fuka would be dubbed. There's a good chance. Yes. Whether it's going to actually happen, we'll wait and see, but there's a strong possibility. I really, uh, I really hope so. Because Kaylin, by the sounds of it, is a pretty big advocator for that. Yeah. Yeah, that's but... why I'm glad she was in charge of this one. Yeah. Yeah, me too. It all just comes down so, to Japan now, so. Yeah, so, over, uh, so I guess the general consensus for Jill is Fuka. We all love it. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah. We love it. It's very different than what we're used to at this point. And it's a little rough around the edges, but at the same time, so is Fuka. It's <laughs> believably rough around the edges. It's believably rough around the edges, thank you. So, yeah, on that note, what are our over th- overall thoughts and impressions on the dub for Fuka so far? Uh, some of this dub is certain characters are to be expected, certain characters are unexpected. Uh, I do like Caitlyn's approach to this is... This is kind of a homecoming for her. I don't really have any issues with the script, and I think some of the series stays faithful to the Japanese in more ways than one. Overall, I like the casting choices since we kind of get to see uh, more versatility from some actors, and we also get to break a few typecasts as well. Yeah. Because, uh, I mean, again, going back, especially Elizabeth Maxwell. Especially Elizabeth Maxwell, because. Again, the, t- the characters that she's normally typecast as are these stoic badasses, while Sara, she has that, but she's also this awkward social butterfly. So, at that same time, breaking those stereotypical like typecasting moments is really awesome, too. Plus, the writing and the directing is well handled, though, though personally for me, it wouldn't hurt for me to give Suzuka a spin and to watch it, mm. but... Since Fuka is the sequel to it, but Fuka can stand on its own. Yeah. Yeah, look. It really can stand on its own. Again, if I had never known that it was supposed to be the sequel to Suzuka and I watched the entire show without knowing that fact, I wouldn't have been able to tell that it was a sequel. It's definitely its own standalone thing. Um, if you, if you, if you let it be, it's its own standalone thing. If you don't equate it and re- relate it to Suzuka, you're good. You, it doesn't matter whether you know it's the sequel or that you didn't know. You can't tell the difference. It's a Which good it, It's a good show, honestly. I can't imagine them making a sequel to a series that is uh, 10 years old at this point. Um, wait, no. Lo- more than 10 years old. I'm sorry. And Crazier things have happened. Well, no, I mean, I don't expect them to make a sequel that old and then insist that it was made only for fans of the original. Like, you, you have to right. accommodate for the fact that the anime market has changed quite a bit in the time that Suzuka came out, but that's why I yeah. like this show so much, is because it feels like a callback to the, a simpler time period before the anime bubble had burst, before we had Lucky Stars and Kaons and Chipmunk voices in pop idols, and we had real bands making real music with, as Aman said, before the drum machine was invented, actual drums being used. But yeah, the Amon, show. how do you feel about the show overall? Uh, I like it a lot. Uh, like I, I guess, like I said earlier, I didn't have a lot of expectations going to this, and I've been pleasantly surprised by how much I've been enjoying it. It is like I, I enjoy it's. I think the dub's very good. I think in terms of like casting and direction, it's a good match for the material. It feels like 
dramatic, but not, you know, it is like kind of a melodrama, but it doesn't feel too over the top. It has a nice grounding to it. And I think the dub reflects that very well. Um, yeah, no, like I, I have a lot of, I, like my, I don't know, the only complaint of the show at this point is it does that thing where like they're teenagers and it's like, that guitar is a thousand dollars on the cheap end. Where did you afford that? <laughs> It's I know, I know that's by them like, how did you like, I know, I know, I know, I know, like, I know, like, light, I know, like, I know, like, sponsorships a thing. I'm sure, like, they're playing like actual <laughs> instruments, so I'm sure they like have like agreements with the companies to do that, and that's why they're playing the fancy high end guitars. But probably yeah. it's like you can't, you can't afford that. Don't lie to me. <laughs> not, not that you mentioned, Almond. <laughs> One thing was bugging me about that. Have you noticed that anytime they're playing their instruments, it's not connected oh, this... to an amp? <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! So, I never noticed. So apparently, that. apparently they got they got a license, they got an agreement with Les Paul with Gibson. <laughs> they got an agreement with Marshall. They did not get an agreement with any of the cable companies. That's tragic. <laughs> no, no, like they, no, they got the speakers. It's, There's just no cables this, to connect. <laughs> No, it's this new thing. It's connected to the amps via Wi-Fi connection. There you go. Okay. But there's okay. not even a connection on it. That's the weird part too. Why would you do Cords will, are will, useful. Use them. Will this be a thing they fix to the DVD or are they just gonna not bother? <laughs> Let's find out. It's it's oh, Diomedia, they're probably Give not gonna bother. <laughs> Let's give it a year or so, we'll find out, and on that. I can just see him like, hey guys, um, let's go back through the frames and like, dr take this permanent black marker and just draw a line between the guitar and the box. Oh yeah, can I, can I say one more thing before you wrap? Sure. I didn't get to mention this. I generally enjoyed the show, like long before I ever found out it was going to be dubbed. I know some people had the issue with it, I know one person in our chat did because it was somebody's passion project but you know it's the winter season it can be a little bit slow at times you know yeah. may not be the best but the best is yet to come so take that in stride Ooh. people mm. again next season is like the season of freaking sequels yes All, although although this was pure coincidence that i'd end up picking the show where the lead is jill harris <laughs> And hopefully she will be the lead in many more things to come. Uh, she will. Hopefully. <laughs> I mean, hopefully. I hope so. Oh, she will. I, I can see it. Jamal's going to call it now. Jamal's just calling it now. Jill Harris is the lead. In, Go! In everything. Everything going in forward. everything. She will be the lead in everything. Oh, no. Everything. Oh, no. Yeah, time to put a lot of pressure on that poor old No, we'll, please we'll don't. Still watch she's, already, it. I'm she's already shy I'm enough. I'm Even kidding. if she was the lead in like a new Fist of the North Star anime and they made her Kenshiro, we would still watch it. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, if you want to catch the dub of Fuka yourself, you can do so on Funimation.com with their Funimation Now streaming service. Um, new episodes of Fuka air on Wednesdays at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time because I'm actually, I'm being smart this time and I'm looking at the damn thing. The website with all the listings for the shows. Um, if you, as of right now, Fuga is up to episode five in the English dub, uh, as of the recording of this episode. Uh, but if you want to catch the dub of Fuga, you are gonna need a Funimation Now subscription uh, in order to do so, uh, which you can do with a 14-day free trial or a 30-day free trial. I don't know what's what anymore here. 
Uh, it's 14. <laughs> where you can watch... 14, okay. Because I know sometimes they have 30. Um, there's a 14-day free trial where you can catch a lot of dubs, a lot of shows, especially the ones that we have covered so far. Because at the time of recording the Fuka episode, we've also recorded episodes for Akiba's Strip, Tanya, a Saga of Tanya, The Evil, as well as um, interviews with Monster Girls. Um, there is still at least one more show that hasn't been recorded that we're at least covering for initial impressions, um, which, if I recall correctly, is actually going to be recorded in the next week or so. Uh, but yeah, if you want to watch Fuka, you're going to need a Funimation Now subscription, which you can do a 14-day free trial. But as always, as a reminder, if you do not want to keep the, the subscription service after the 14 days, cancel the subscription service because they do ask for credit card information. And if you don't cancel it, they'll start pulling your money, okay? But more than likely, you're going to be so enamored with the over, what is it, 10,000, 100,000 minutes? 10,000 minutes of anime. I think that's what it is now. Uh, that you probably won't want to cancel it. Uh, I know pretty much the entire Dub Talk crew are really big advocates for the sub subscription service because we love it. We honestly Yay! do. Um... Because watching anime legally is great, guys. Yes. It really it's is. It's true. Um, it's the best. Do it. If you and they don't want pay us to, to just say watch. That. <laughs> no, nope. they don't. This is this yes. is us genuinely like giving them praise. Um, if you want to just watch the show Fuka in general and in the Japanese, uh, it is streaming over on Crunchyroll, uh, which for that one, you don't necessarily have to have a subscription for it. Um, it would help. It does help while the show is airing, uh, because it is at least one week. It's under a one-week subscriber paywall for them. Uh, but once the show is completed and that extra week goes by, you can watch it there for free. Uh, but Crunchyroll does provide a 30-day free trial for new members uh, if you are interested in trying that service out as well. Um, but that is going to be it for us. Just a few quick plugs, like we always do. Uh, if you want to catch anything from Mr. Noah Clue, you can follow him on Twitter at Noah Clue. Uh, he also has a YouTube channel, uh, youtube.com slash journey traveler, where he does stuff. cartoons, all of the real cartoons, none of these fake Korean cartoons. I mean, real American. Well, well, okay, they actually do make their cartoons in Korea, but they were written in America, so that technically counts. Um, as for Jamal, you can follow him on Twitter at Jamstar529? Yes. <laughs> Got it! Okay. Uh, I don't know, I don't know what other projects you're working on right now, Jamal. Uh. Aside from, aside from being an editing workhorse like I am for Dub Talk. <laughs> yeah, I don't have nothing yet. I'm working on that, so... Okay, and as for Amon, you can follow him on Twitter at Amon Duel, uh, US. Uh, I don't know how what other things you do currently. Uh, I have a very infrequently updated blog that you can find at worldthatscoming.blogspot.com. I might eventually update it at some point. Who knows? <laughs> oh my god! Eventually, I might actually I might actually continue that article series I started about Frank Sinatra two years ago. We'll see. Oh my god. He's not going anywhere, so. <laughs> Damn. Oh my god. Uh, as for me, you can follow me on Twitter at Lilac Anime Review being spelled Review being spelled R-E-V-U-E. I do have a personal channel as well, which my New Year's resolution was to upload a video every week to it. I have failed miserably so far. Cause 
work has been tiring. Give me all your so work, 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 work. Give me all your work, 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 work. So my motivation has been lacking a bit lately in actually making videos for the channel, but I'm gonna try and do my best because I have now that I now that my right stuff holiday order situation has been resolved finally. Uh, um, and I also have the latest loot crate. I gotta, I gotta, I got I can do a couple of videos if I want to. Um, but of course, if you want to catch anything else from the Dub Talk crew in general, you can subscribe to this channel here, uh, where you can hear a variety of Dub Talk episodes. Uh, as well as a bunch of other things that we have in the works. And I think, since this is a music show, and since we have Amon here, <laughs> oh, no. the, the best way to end this, the best way to end this episode, Amon, will you please give us a dusty old song you've probably never heard of before? Certainly. <gasps> what's, a, what's a good fit for Fuka? You have one about love loss or unrequited love or uh, what you mean like seven you mean like seventy five percent of all popular song ever written? Yeah, sure. I can I can get something <laughs> in that in that work. <laughs> I don't know if they'd written one at all in human existence. What's a good one? Alright, uh you all good listeners should check out the song Trouble in Shangri-La by Stevie Nicks, uh lead singer <gasps> of Fleetwood Mac. It is yes. a fantastic piece of music. Go check it out. Anything by there Stevie Nicks is amazing. <laughs> and on that note, we're gonna call it a night. So good night everybody. Rock on and otaku on my friends. Hello. Goodbye. <laughs> The